The snowtrooper is actually the green kangaroo in disguise. Long ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Star Wars toys began, and Kenner continues the excitement. The Empire Strikes Back collection. El Regreso del Jedi. Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast. It's Kivecast. Was that Star Space Station the snap open space hatch? Sometimes known as the Vintage Pod. Wow, what a weird train! A monthly audio magazine dedicated to vintage Star Wars toys and memorabilia. Hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, Chewbacca, and Steven B. Denley. B-Wing fighters and B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action, B-Wing pilot action. action. Market data mined by Brisbane, Brisbane Mike. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. And Fantastic Pete. Boba Fett has a seat who tells him. Tech support by the low. This month's upbeat Kivecast features interviews with Snowtrooper expert Michael Mensinger and the benevolent grump of the hobby, John Alvarez. Steve says the dorkiest thing he has ever said. Sky opens up and rambles on quite a bit. We even get positively sacrilegious at one point. We talk celebrations and collector clubs, mini-rig mock-ups, $30,000 12-backs, and R2-D2 and C-3PO help us out a lot with our hygiene and how to stay away from some bad habits. You will learn about YPS and why Blue Stars has yellow eyes. All this plus a bonus Sky Coup on this month's Kivecast. Wampa Wampa! Welcome to the Kivecast Vintage Pod number 42. Well, Steve, I sent you the file of the new intro, but uh, Steve, I switched it back to Kivecast. The audience has spoken, yes. Oh, man. Wow. It's official. It's official. Well, I I added sometimes called the Vintage Pod. Um, But I I, I put on a longer intro again with a little bit more sounds. Okay. Um, Steve, you will hear that I did manage to find the B-Wing commercial. Sweet. Um, which I didn't even know existed. And what I did was I took the <laughs> B-Wing action figure and I cut off the figure. So it's like B-Wing action, B-Wing action. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it turned out pretty well, I think. Um, I think the I audience will like it. And uh, what month is this, Steve? Uh, we're in July. I'm on the cusp of, of August, but we, we are in July. <laughs> so, you know, it used to be every episode has to come out before the end of the month. Now it has to be recorded before the end of the month. Yeah, that's, see, that's... We're, we're giving ourselves a little more leeway, which, which I think it's, it's okay. As long as it's recorded that month, I think we're safe. Yep, and uh, it's, you know, I've sort of referenced it obliquely uh, as to what's been going on. So anyways, I've been sort of like on again, off again, sort of going through a divorce. That's what's been going on in my life. Uh, yeah. You know that, Steve, but um, yeah. because the audience kind of feels like it knows me, um, you know, so things have evened out a bit on that front. So That's good. It, it's not, it's not rushing headlong into a disgusting, uh, uh, battle over custody and stuff like that. So I'm in a better place right now. Things are not, good. things good. are not good, but they are not. Holy cow. The, sh- the plane yeah. has crashed into the mountain. Man, nothing, nothing is. Oh man. The goddamn plane has crashed into the mountain.
like it was yeah. for the last couple months. Yeah. Um, which is why I recorded in my office that one. So anyways, if you hear less psychic chaos in my voice this month, um, it's because things are looking a little bit better. Actually, Steve, I had the best day today. Oh, yeah? I went, for the first time in my life, I went to a water park. Oh, I, I saw you post that. Yeah. That's I took, awesome. I took my kids to that. And then, Steve, Rochester is amazing. Yeah. The, the Rochester Museum of Play I mean, in the, first of all, it's the National Toy Museum, right? So right, right. I got to check out the new Star Wars exhibit they have there. Oh, nice. Um, where all the pictures from the new Sanskrit book, all the figures that were donated yeah. are there. Oh, and cool. uh, I was going to save that for the news, but I'll put up a couple pictures now. Um, right. They clearly have some fun with that. There's, uh, I like how they put Manjulpa right next to Jar Jar. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's that's, very, that's deliberate. You gotta know that's deliberate. It's gotta be, yeah. I mean, Julpa <laughs> and Jar Jar, um, they kind of go together, and they have all these vintage arcades, and like, but because it's a museum, they're all in good condition. So yeah, are I they love, still playable? Do they let you mess around with them? Or are they? Yeah, are yeah, they, yeah. Okay. I mean, and it's you know, it's a quarter for everything. And they have Adam's Family Pinball, which if you play pinball, you know that is the gold standard of all pinball machines. <laughs> um, and they even had the, the Empire Strikes Back sit-down game. You ever play that one, Steve? Wait, sit-down game? Uh, I don't think so. Is it like one of those when you're in a like a like a uh, snow speeder fighter, fighter jet? Okay. Yeah, snow speeder, but it's like the vector graphics or whatever. Okay, so it's like a flight simulator kind of thing. Yeah, but it's from 1980. So, yeah. okay, no, um, I, I, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I had my kids take a picture of me in that. That'll, that'll be an image here. Cool. Um, so that was just really fun. So if you guys ever come to Rochester, New York, uh, you know, it's such a cool museum. And it's just so... Yeah, hopefully I, I will be out there at some point. I got to yeah. come visit. Yeah, oh, man, my daughter, she just kicks butt at Tekken. It's so funny. <laughs> She's two years younger than my son. But, like, he cannot beat her. She just beats him every <laughs> single time. <laughs> oh, man. See, then uh, I got no chance. I once got beaten Mortal Kombat, like, 32 times to, to nothing. I, I even took a screenshot of it. I'll have to send that to you, too. So, And that was against, you know, a, a friend that I thought I had a chance with. But I think your daughter would just blow me away. Yeah, yeah, I think she would, yeah. Oh, man, that's a whole other question, man. I used to yeah. go down to Tommy's Pizza in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and I would own the Mortal Kombat 3 machine. Like, I, I would play to like three o'clock in the morning and no one could beat me. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, so I've, I've had a good day. I think that'll, uh, that'll, that, that'll come through. Um, we've done this funny thing where we've recorded the interviews. We were going to do a round table show. Um, but the timing got messed up and next month is going to be a super round table show talking about right. celebration Europe. Yeah. Um, so just kind of thought it'd be a little bit cooler just to be the two of us, uh, kind of this month. Yeah, I mean, so far, based on the last interview, I think it's going to work fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess we could start with the movie thought then, Steve. Yeah, yeah let's jump to it. Well, I, it's kind of a, an easy one, but because <laughs> um, the Snowtrooper is the theme, right? right. He's our, our figure of the month. He's our figure of the month. It's just, doesn't he make you feel uncomfortable, the, the fact that he looks like a Klansman? I mean, have we never they, mentioned that? That's yeah, true. You know, we never mentioned the Klansman thing, but uh, getting into the whole design of him, um, the design of the helmet looking like a, a German helmet, too. He's an unsettling stormtrooper, if there ever was one. Yeah, and, and just, you know, in, in Japan, white is the color of death, 
And, you know, Herman Melville is obsessed with, with white as being a color of death. That's why Moby yeah. Dick was white. And, right. and I don't know. I think maybe there's something more menacing about, about the snowtrooper. Um, that you He's the f- most sheet ghost looking <laughs> stormtrooper. Yeah, exactly. Kind of a sheet ghost. And, and I don't know. I, I just, uh, yeah. I don't know, like Hoth will rise again. I just had, I just kind of had this feeling oh, from that. Uh, there's something kind of weird about that. Yeah, um, but yeah. then also I just watching the scene again, just kind of cracking up. At first of all, how cool they are. You know, they come in, invaders leading, and oh man, it's so cool. They seem to be the most confident stormtroopers, um, but if the, any. If but anything. their whole plan is like, these weird tripods and they have to like one dude has to carry the tripod and the other dude has to carry the gun yeah, they have to get yeah. it like I just feel like you could do a parody like oh, one second I have it's not fully calibrated one second okay you gotta get the mount down there one second you know like yep, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and I then it's, it's the same result which is just uh, shooting it's into getting, the, getting blasted away and but while missing completely <laughs> yeah sh- shooting into nothingness yep um, but yeah so that was uh, that's sort of my, my movie thought which is okay. anything particular do you have any sort of opening thoughts thoughts steve you want to make i mean it's as far as the the character you, you pretty much nailed it um i i do i need to go back and see those cut scenes where they get eaten by the wampas because a lot of that is in the script that's that is not what we're going to talk about this time but oh, no. the, the whole scene is uh is interesting i i've seen it on youtube and stuff but that was more traditional stormtrooper buffoon like where they just get taken up by a giant <laughs> wampa arm right but uh no um I, mine was more i guess for the figure um one thing I just realized is that this is like a figure that may be on more vehicle and playset boxes than any. Um, really? It seems like he's got he's got so many different things that he's he's pictured on. He's got the Imperial Attack Base, the MTV Seven, and and those make sense. They're they're on Hoth, right? But the one that doesn't make any sense to me is the ISP Six, which is pictured <laughs> on Tatooine. So I'm thinking, <laughs> how? Uh, where, where was the? I guess it's because he was the most recent stormtrooper. But it wasn't yeah? You know what though? That doesn't make any sense. The scout, the biker scout, was already out by then. They could have put him on there, and it would have made a little more sense. But right, <laughs> you know, oh, the, that's the, funny. Yeah, he's got to be dying in that thing. Like, yeah, with his with his protective <laughs> skirt and his. Yeah, no, that's it's, funny. It's like heating system that just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's got an, it just converts to AC when he goes to, to Tatooine, but I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely, yeah. I, I should have asked that, you know, because we were going to be talking later with Mike Mensinger, who's sort of the, the number one uh, Hoth Trooper collector. I, I didn't ask him about the ISP. I should have asked him about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I sort of have a, a ton of random thoughts, Steve, this month. That's okay. I mean, so, that, and that was just literally like, I'm glad that you, we started a little bit late because I was trying to piece them all together with, yeah. <laughs> with the pictures you sent and kind of getting some kind of a vision. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, it's, it's pretty much all over the place, but I think yeah. it's good. You know, people listen to this and they don't always want it to be flowing and, and one no. thing to the next. No, um, no, it's, it's, it's more fun this way, to be honest. Have I mean, you seen World War Z, Steve? No, I haven't. Okay. Um, I've been, I've been. It's another one of those ones where I meant to see it and just haven't had the time. But uh, what, what, what is the Brad Pitt connection? But I, I'm really curious. What, oh, what's the deal? there just happens to be this great line that made me think of you. Uh, oh you, no! And you can say ah, um, but no, because they go into this place and there's two sections of it, and Brad uh-huh. Pitt sits there and just goes, "What's wrong with the B wing?" <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, I just uh, thought of that as a Star Wars line because he's talking about the B wing that's infested with zombies or whatever. Okay. Okay. Um, but oh, anyways, sweet. if you ever see that, you know, last year it was thinking of Bane as Joe Iglesias. This year, yep. it's what's wrong with the B wing? Oh, perfect. 
Um, do we have a Do we have a Sky Coup this month? We have three. Oh man, even better. Yes, we have we have three. <laughs> I'll tell you why okay. we have why, why we have three. All right. So first, for the character itself. Okay. Oh, by the way, the Sky Coups are very popular, Steve. They are. They I have are, to they say, are probably the most popular thing in the show. I mean, that I can remember. It, it, uh, okay. Brilliant. Getting too close to the sun here. Okay. Sorry. Right. So here it is for the character. Imperial snow falls on tripodial guns. <laughs> shoot aimlessly. Shoot. <laughs> because once again, it just seems like they yeah. just they can't really hit anything. No. Now no. the one the one for the figure is a little bit more poetic. And Steve, you did mention of all the months to record uh, <laughs> to record the Hoth Trooper episode, this is the worst. July. Yep. It's been yep. hotter than a Tatooine armpit out here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I tried to think of, of, of a good one. So this is a little okay. bit more of a story. Alright. Backyard lost in snow. Imperial stormtrooper in Hoth battle gear. <laughs> so that's almost... That's, yeah, it, it captures the, the play the play aspect of it. Yes. Yeah. And and the, the last one, Steve, is for a bootleg. Because uh, it's been right. a while since we've talked to Joe Iglesias. Yeah. Um, he's been sort of uh, figuring out what he's doing in the hobby and everything. He's been pretty busy. But we are later going to talk to John Alvarez, uh, right. who we've... Uh, sort of wanted to get on here for a while. And we're not really going to talk about bootlegs. We were going to talk to him about Blue Stars. That was going to be our vocab, but we have a different yeah. vocab thing. So right. first of all, Steve, what what is a Blue Stars for people who don't know? It's probably the most noticeable of the Uzai figures from uh, from Turkey. Um, so it's, it's a Stormtrooper Hoth painted with a bright blue scheme. Um, and it's it just... It's bizarre. Um, I, I liked what John had to, to say about it. I don't know if we're going to have that in there, but uh, it's just a funky but somehow extremely famous bootleg figure. Right. And he's just completely painted blue. Right. And the card back is he's standing on this. What was the word John used? I, I think he actually was quoting Ron. Uh, he's standing on orange sherbet. <laughs> orange sherbet. Okay. Yeah. Um, now, I actually refer to it as custard in my Ooh, sky coup okay. about the blue stars. All right, let's hear it. <coughs> blue stars, yellow eyes, whiteness, no more to define on custard mountain. <laughs> uh, uh, so, there you go. That's part of that one. Whiteness, no more to define. Because, you know, the, nice. this, the, the Hoth Trooper is defined by his whiteness. I mean, right. first of all, because that's what he believes is the master race, and second of all, because you know he, he's on Hoth. So part of what makes the Blue Stars so great, um, I have to admit, I, I forgot that Headman was based on the uh, Emperor's Royal Guard. Yeah. So I also wrote a Skyku for Headman, but that'll Ooh. have to be for in, in about a couple of years. Yeah, a couple of years <laughs> down the line, well, well you got to bank that one. Don't don't lose it. I, I um, won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's funny. Um, the whole, it's right. What about, how does a blue paint like that camouflage you? I mean, it's, yeah, where, I, where, where are you going to go? I guess it's Stormtroopers the only place it really can be camouflaged is Hoth, but yeah. what are you going to do? But on, uh, on Custard Mountain. Uh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, um, and what about your, your script flipping, Steve? Okay. Are you going to flip the script? Really, really hot here. Flip the script. Flip the script. Uh, in the draft for Empire Strikes Back, 
um, one of the early drafts. Um, this seems more like what you would see in, in one of the more modern Star Wars movies, but they were actually Hoth troopers on the ground battling in the script. And really? um, Yeah, it's interesting. I'm not really... It may just been a logistical thing uh, as far as cutting them out, but this little bit it was uh, uh, just an interesting read. It's the scene where uh, Wedge and his uh, gunner first, you know, tie up that walker with the cable. And for, for one, the weird thing is uh, Wedge, I guess maybe he wasn't really going to be brought back. They call him RJ, just RJ. Um, <laughs> so Luke refi- refers to him as RJ, and, and then his gunner says, all right, cable out, let her go. And, uh, and this is what, where it reads. The speeder weaves in and out among the walker's legs as the Imperial gunners try in vain to stop them. Finally, the walker stumbles into a web of tangled tow cable and goes crashing to the ground. A loud cheer goes up from the trenches as a squad of rebel troops charge the fallen walker. Snowstorm troops emerge from the stricken walker and start firing on the rebels. And so it's interesting to, to just imagine huh. that happening. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. One. I'm just trying to think of like in like 80s effects, it'd be like claymation snow, <laughs> snow troopers <laughs> popping out of the out of the walker because it was an all stop motion right. scene. So it's just I would love to see it done that way just to like see how it would look. Um, but yeah, after that, uh, you know, RJ or Wedge says, you know, one down and, uh, Luke, you know, says, see what you can do about those troops. So it just, it's just interesting to see they had a more ambitious take, which was already a, a really ambitious scene for the time, I thought. So now that's a really interesting question. I never thought about that. Do you ever see a Hoth stormtrooper fighting a rebel soldier? No, I mean, I think it's all. That's right. Know, the rebel soldier only things, yeah. fights machines. Right, they're just shooting at the big machines, and, and it almost... No wonder they lost. <laughs> what a bad yeah, plan. It makes it more imposing on them. I mean, man, they couldn't get anything done with that, so... Yeah. yeah. Well, cool, Steve. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Man, that makes me uh, want to talk about the toys. Yeah, let's uh, do it. <laughs> all right, let's, uh, <laughs> let's hit the news. Watch out! It's Kenner's news. It's Kenner's news. <laughs> All right, Steve. Actually, you know, before we get get into the news, um, this is kind of a random thing. That has nothing to do with Star Wars. Okay, I was I was trying to figure out how it might have been related, and I, I just this is the one that had me stumped. So basically, when I was growing up, there's this guy who was friends with my family, and he didn't have kids, and he was basically the coolest person you've ever met. Like oh. he. So, you know, he, put it this way. I believe the first comic book convention he went to was in 1964. Just to give you an idea of how OG this guy is as far yeah, as it yeah. goes to, like, nerd culture. You know, he saw Star Wars opening night in Boston, you know, while he was living at my parents' house. Uh, he, If you look at, like, the 1968 Topps baseball cards, he did uh-huh. a lot of the drawings on the back. Oh, um, cool! You know, like yeah. he did. He you know, he used to draw all these comic books. He invented the term underground comics. If you ever go to Boston and go to the Million Year Picnic, he was the idea, the guy who came up with that name for that store. You know, it's based on a story, but he was he called it that. Anyways, just this totally cool dude. He used to work for DC. You know, he has all these crazy stories. But anyways, he has a blog, and just if you like collecting stuff and stuff about production of art and the kind of stuff that we like to talk about here, like yeah. he, he does a whole thing about the whole creation of a wacky package from beginning to end because he did a lot of those. And he's been friends with, you know, William Gaines and stuff like that. So wow. uh, I just wanted to, to, to push it because it's interesting and also because if it weren't for that guy, 
I mean, when I was seven years old, I think it was, I said, you know, he's like, what's your favorite movie or whatever? And I said, I, let's say I said, Turn of the Jedi. And he's like, why? I was like, because I like it. He's like, no. Why do you like it? Oh, man. And See, this is a, he scared me. This is an early, <laughs> this is an early influence into your, your, your deep questioning that you do. I, I can see it now. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I just, uh, I actually, uh, I don't know if he's well enough to do it, but I, I wanted to actually record some podcasts with him of just telling oh, stories about life. Yeah. Um, but most of the stuff would be on his, his website. So it's, it's P-O-T-R-Z-E-B-I-E. Yeah. Potter Zebi. Yeah. Um, and that's his, just any kind of stuff he finds. Uh, to be honest, he's a lot like an old Ron Salvatore. Um, <laughs> cause he's very similar. Like, it's sort of, he just finds stuff that's interesting and he has a large base of knowledge. PotterZebby.blogspot.com. Uh, I, I know it's selfish, but whatever. I do selfish stuff every once in a while, Steve. That's all right. You know, man, I just noticed something here, uh, just from a week ago. He posted the, uh, the 2000 year old man, which, if anyone hasn't seen that, it's, it's classic. And, it's on a work standpoint. I just found some of the original artwork for that, so it's just kind of a funny personal. Like, wait a minute, I just saw that somewhere. <laughs> That's funny. You should, you should yeah. email him, let him know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but that has nothing to do. <laughs> has nothing to do with the breaking no, news, Steve. It, no, no. <laughs> but you know, it's it's what the show is all about, Steve. Just a exactly. couple of dudes hanging out, talking about whatever. Um, Absolutely. Now it's still got the same spirit. So. There is big news, Steve. Huge we are news. officially announcing. The next archive party. Woo! Yes. Oh man, I cannot wait. Uh, it will be at Celebration Seven, Steve. Where and when is that? That's Anaheim, California, and it's in April of next year. So we got some time <laughs> to plan it out. We may have some pyrotechnics now that we have two years to <laughs> to get it going. Yeah. But, uh, no, it's 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 great, and it's I and mean, this is selfish for me. It's literally right in my backyard now. So. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. I can't wait. Yeah, it, it's, I'm really happy it's going back to California. And yeah. no offense, I'm really glad it's not going back to LA. Um, yeah, no, it's, and to be, to be fair, that area that the convention center is in has really changed since Celebration uh, 4. But still, this, this just makes much more sense with the whole Disney connection. And um, yeah, downtown LA is still not the funnest place to be, but it has gotten better. Yeah, but now this, this is yeah. gonna be this is gonna be the best. Before it's a wasteland, now it's a big Dave and Buster's, dude. Come on, it, oh, it's that's I mean lame. It's, yeah, no, I mean I'm it's, sorry. I know you're a Lakers fan, but dude, that's still lame. <laughs> no, you still you can get to old downtown, but at least you don't feel as scared walking between the convention center and the pantry. Right. Before yeah. it was, it really it literally was a wasteland. Now there's actually there's something there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So that that is absolutely awesome news, and yeah. we are. Uh, we're going to be there. We're going to be recording. It's ahead of time, and I can, you know, going to be a party at Steve's house. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah, we're going to fit. I, I can take a capacity of maybe 75 <laughs> in my one-bedroom apartment in West Hollywood. So There you go. Uh, maybe we can have some kind of, like, super VIP Kivecast pre-party. Red rope at the door like that old room sale, man? We should bring that back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should start, like, including secret clues, you know. Oh, to, there we go. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna have to plan this out. Uh, as soon as we're done recording, I'm, I'm already going to start writing things down. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, of course, Auf Wiedersehen is what we would be saying if we went to Celebration Europe. Yeah, no, I, I've been so... I, I mean, I was kind of just blocking it out, saying I, I'm not going to be there. I know everyone's going to have a great time. But then I started seeing people posting pictures. and like, 
man, I wish I was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it's, I, I mean, the nice thing about having a family is I know that um, watching my daughter beat my son at Tekken actually is probably more fulfilling than Celebration <laughs> Europe. <laughs> um, yep. But man, Celebration Europe looked like fun. That that yeah. was that was overly that was overly spiritual for this podcast. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> he kept on being this dude who's like this this metal jaguar with like teeth who like you can't possibly you know like the toughest dude. And she would just and be he, whichever girl she'd be, and she'd just mash yep. on the buttons and just every yep. single time. She um, had she had the the magic the magic stroke, man. That's fine. Yeah, you yep. gotta just let it be. Yeah, you do. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but uh, so celebration Europe happened and. We are absolutely going to cover it to the max. Yes. In August. In August, yeah. We, um, we, uh, <laughs> it's funny, you mentioned something about having less time in summer, even though it should be the time that you have more time. And it's, it's just like how this reminded me that we're, we're going to be talking about it. It'll be a month after it happened. It's just because yeah. of, of the, the craziness of now. But that's okay. Well, and also, um, David Tree, Chris Jogulius, and Matthias have all provided audio. Uh, they all recorded that, things that, there. That is gold. So we're going to hopefully have them on. Although next month should also be the Rebel Soldier yep. month. Yep, I was just, I was going to get to that. Uh, I think we got to have a guy by the name of Mister Walker. Yes. Um, so a, we're going to have we have a busy month uh, next month, um, and we're actually probably going to record it in like a week. So that, <laughs> we'll get on it. <laughs> yeah, we'll get on it. As far as the celebration Europe stuff that will not be talked about, so the stuff that isn't really the kind of stuff that vintage snobs would talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so I noticed that they're keeping up with the vintage-themed uh, stuff. Yeah, the new stuff, the new uh, Hasbro stuff. Yep, so I, I love that they're keeping up with that. Um, That's good. I, I, I thought someone had told me they were going to be quitting that. Yeah, that was that was actually, I just got a text from Dan Curto, um Right yeah, now, yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, and he'd sort of said that they were kind of canceling out the vintage stuff, but at least they're doing something with the Slave One and the Tie Interceptor, um, yeah. and the Ewok Catapult. I mean, I mean, of all things, yeah, that's like I'm kind of excited for that, Steve. I could go for another Ewok Catapult. Yeah, and then there's even some figures which appear to me, Steve, and hopefully I'll, I'll talk to Dan about this. That okay. have vintage articulation. Really? Yeah, I'll, I'll show you huh. the. Uh, You'll have to just imagine it. I do have the okay. picture here. I forgot to send it to you. But okay. it's a Han and it's a Chewie. Yeah. And it's something called like uh, it's like a movie. Uh, what's it called? Mission series. And they're three point, you know, three and three quarters. And the uh-huh. Chewie just has arms and legs. Wow. And I'm pretty but sure. But it's still like super sculpted, all detailed. Yeah. It's still, it's still it's not a vintage sculpt. Okay. But it's vintage articulation, and I've noticed huh. this that um, if you go to department stores or you go to grocery stores, they'll yeah. have like the nice Man of Steel toys mm-hmm. or the nice Batman toys. And then they'll have the cheap ones that just have four points of articulation. Oh, wow. Uh, at, I, a low, at a lower price point. Okay. Um, so I'm really excited. I would love for there to be more four-point, chewy, articulated figures. Yeah, because I mean, how much does it even cost to just go get a, a carded figure at a store now? Isn't it like 13 bucks or something? Uh, it can be, like yeah. That? Yeah, it can yeah, be 13 It can be 10 that's bucks. It's in- insane. Yeah. Um, so that's, I think, I, almost more exciting to me uh, than than continuing the vintage stuff would be if we could actually have some figures that don't break. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, that's true. Um, and also, uh, the, <laughs> there's a, a Darth Vader pig 
carrying case for Angry Bird toys. <laughs> right, I saw that. <laughs> so definitely the Angry Bird. I was going to talk about this later in the show. I could talk about it now, but I actually yeah, saw yeah. on the shelves at Toys R Us the early bird Angry Bird case, and uh, it's just awesome. I, I mean, mean it, it just. I'm <laughs> glad that you can merge something that is so so trendy, so 2013 with with the early bird set. Uh, it right. just shows that they have the right mindset. You're mixing 2008 with 2008. Well, that's true. <laughs> um, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that's the Black Eyed P, uh, Keys. Black Eyed Keys. That's great. Black Eyed Peas quote of the month. But I mean, what I love is is the back picture in which yeah. they show the original Kenner Early Bird package. So they explain what it is to people who don't know. And then they have the great single color background, yep. you know, 20 back style imagery. And yeah. uh and again, I just all of this stuff when we first started recording the show was when the vintage collection started, yeah. and uh, it's just it just does nothing but help uh, help our hobby. Yeah, and I'm happy to see that it keeps on going. Plus, I think there's going to be I don't know some kind of new TV show or something or other. I I haven't actually I need to get back on Rebel Force Radio. I haven't listened to them in a little bit because um, I need to. Oh wait, wait, a new like a a Star Wars. Yeah, like a new cartoon, and there's like all yeah, this other yeah. new stuff. And so I, someone um someone at work asked me if I knew about that, and I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, so let's give another <laughs> plug to our. You know, see that'll be our homework. Let's listen to Rebel Force Radio again and yeah. try and figure out exactly what's happening in the non-toy okay. world. Yeah, um, <laughs> because it is, after all, our greatest passion. Right, um, and uh, yeah, so I think also I wanted to mention that I went to the the Pennsylvania Collectors Club meeting, and uh, that was where I was going when I recorded the last episode. Right, Steve. Right, right. That was uh, that's that's true. You're right. And we haven't really talked about those kinds of meetings. Yeah. Um, so I would definitely suggest that if you're a vintage collector and uh, you feel like larger collector clubs, like in Pennsylvania or in Ohio, like, oh, there's no way there's going to be enough vintage for me. It, it's ab- There absolutely is. Like, it's totally worth going. There's always at least one other person who's really interested in that. And even if there isn't, being in a room with Star Wars collectors, even if they collect, I don't know, Gentle Giant, and you think that's stupid or whatever, they only collect Bendoms, um, it's, it really is a just a great place to be. And I just, I've been to a couple in Ohio, but this is the first time I've been to in a while. And, uh, it was really cool. You know, uh, the, um, Joker Savage, who's, uh, you know, I think he's been on the show at least twice, I think, but not like an interview, just like here and there. Yeah. Uh, He like, I was able to stop at his house and man, he has a crazy collection. I got to go back there. Oh, Oh, it's this annoying thing of like, I, you know, I met him with his house and I hung around with him and, Met his kid. His kid is a huge Jurassic Park fan, so he, oh, said, really? he said I ruined <laughs> Jurassic Park three for him. Oh no! Um, and you know, and then we drove to the to the thing, and then we had lunch, and then I really had to get home. He's like, "Oh yeah, and here's my collection." I was like, "Boy, oh, the last minute." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's uh, when like you end up hanging out till like three in the morning, just talking about the, the collection. It's like, uh, but yeah, no, yeah. that's oh, that's that's painful. Yeah, so I'll have to go back. Um, that was fun. And uh, also want to send a shout out to to Brad K and to Bruce, who are uh, a couple fans who we've met at Celebration before, um, but they definitely uh, laid on some pretty good wampa wampas. Yeah, and uh, and it was just a really cool thing because people bring stuff there, and then you can win the stuff by these trivia contests. Oh, okay. But you don't even really have to be that good. I mean, if 
of course, you know, I came in like <laughs> sixth or seventh, you know. Anyways. Um, but uh, so it's really cool because people just bring extra stuff and then you walk away with things. So I was able to get yeah. a, a Lego set for my daughter. Uh, I mean, for my son, I was able to get a uh, a, a prince a Padme's handmaiden for my daughter. And then cool. the coolest thing, do you remember me asking for my brother? Uh, get something for my brother Amos. Do you remember me asking for that? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. It's it's ringing a bell, but I don't remember what it was. I'm not sure if I ever actually did, because oh, okay. he asked me to ask for the vintage lobby card set. Oh yes, you did. You did bring that up. It was a while back. Yeah, yeah, it was a while back. I didn't do anything. I didn't look for it. I didn't try. I mean, I mentioned it on the show, figuring something would happen, but I was able to win that. You know, oh, just just perfect. just the, so it was cool. And then I saw him a couple of days later. So. Um, right on. Yeah, so just a really a really cool thing. I I say that as my experience, but also more importantly to say it's a good idea to get out there. Later we're going to be talking to John Alvarez, and he's just a really big proponent. And really, just get yourself out there because you'll have a lot more fun. Yeah, um, there was definitely a funny moment though, Steve, where <laughs> it was totally the vintage snobs in the corner. Oh no! <laughs> so it didn't really mean to be that way. Yeah, but it was like. You know, uh, Brad Portnoy was there, and then Bill Cable kind of came over, and Mike Ritter was there, the John uh, Alvarez was there. We all just kind of like, and Joe was, was just kind of like, we all just sort of wound up being sort of in the corner. And I felt <laughs> bad because there was just one dude, who, they did they do show and tells, and he uh-huh. just brought all, all these card backs, just uh-huh. these vintage card backs, but like, he had like 30 of them. And he's like, and, and here is the Jawa. And he passed it around. <laughs> and here's the Bestman security guard, and you pass it around. And we're <laughs> sitting in the quarters. Uh, yeah. Oh no. Oh man. So it's okay. It's all right. So there's news about two things that happened last month. <laughs> um. Yeah. As far as that other kind of news, Steve, that you've seen kicking around. Well, I, I'm sad to announce it, guys, but I think I'm about to cash out. Oh, you're um, about to sell your whole collection? Yeah, uh, and it's it's one thing that, that got me going, and uh, that would be that last month, a B-Wing pilot sold for $1,100 on eBay. And, uh, <laughs> what's, and wrong, was, what's right with the B-Wing, asks Brad Pitt. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, it just, I think there was, it was some funky auction where it really shouldn't have ended that way, but there was, uh, <laughs> some great commentary on, on the, on the forums about it. And Phidias, I think it said something like, and this is before I'd ever seen it or, or posted in the thread. He's like, I think Danley must have won the Powerball or, or something. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, no. I mean, if the Beeling pilot on card can go for 1100 bucks, man. It's just that's like the most clear sign that it may be my time. It may no. be, Steve. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Oh. Uh, Ooh, I'm looking low on the auction. They have Pacific Rim toys. Ooh. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I still need to see it, man. Yeah, that, that's I, the unsolicited advertisement. Yep. See that movie before it leaves theaters. I don't care if you don't like it. See it because yep. when that, that it mo- feels that, like. That it's big and it's awesome. And yeah, it's not it feels like be- something. If you don't see it in the theater, it, it's might, maybe not worth checking out. Is that is that a good assessment? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Uh, All right. It's the kind of movie where, as much as I like it, me imagining watching it when I'm like eleven, yeah, makes me love it that much more because yeah, I would have lost my mind. 
Like, yeah. It was, yeah. So. It's funny. Like, that, when I saw a trailer for it, I saw that Charlie Day was in the movie. I'm like, man, if Charlie Day can be in these huge action movies, I might have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he's about my height. He's kind of weird like me. But, uh, and I'm like, oh, Charlie Day, he's like a, he's a star in this. I can, I can maybe get some headway of it. I, I don't know. Steve, you are a star, Steve. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I love uh, telling people. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I, I co-host. You know, the the number one podcast exclusively dedicated to vintage Star Wars collecting. Yeah, slowly uh, but surely, more people are starting to, to find out that I do this, and it, it, it the looks are either just straight confusion or. Like, I guess no, it's morely just confusion. It's, <laughs> it's a blank face, like. Uh. <laughs> well, then they ask how many are there. I'm like, well, we're, we're the only one, but you know, yeah. it's the- and how many listeners do you have? I'm like, oh, we, <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> it was actually but- funny because well, I was in Montreal recently, and I was talking to this guy. This really cool guy is a friend of mine's friend, and he's producing a documentary, a movie about the pitcher Bill Lee and his time in Montreal pitching for the Expos. Huh. So it's this fairly niche movie, and that's, he's, that's a very yeah. I, and I can't I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of talking about it, and you know he's actually kind of trying to tell my friend Steve, uh, my friend Dave, you know, you have to go out and go for it. Just if you have a dream, who cares what it is? You just got to do it. You got to be the person who does it. Yeah. I'm like yeah, like me, my podcast. He's like yeah, what's it about? <laughs> it's about collective into Star Wars. He's like. Isn't that a little bit niche? I'm like, hey! <laughs> Man, the guy who was making that documentary <laughs> called us niche. Man, we're in trouble. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but he's actually personal friends with Eric Gagne, so. Oh, um, man. That just strikes a chord. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I was like, uh, yeah. So I, I'll tell you about that a little, little bit off, right. uh, off air. Okay. So there's some funny stuff there. Yeah, right on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, should we go into more random uh, sky thoughts? Yeah, I mean we're on that track. I think we we got you're on a roll. You got to just knock them out here. Yeah. Have you ever heard Star Wars Frere Jaca? No. Okay. So and th- immediately when you it like it took five seconds and it clicked. I'm like, oh, I can so, see this working. So I was at this thing at this Boy Scout thing, and this guy was talking to me about singing this as a campfire song, huh. and he told me the lyrics. And based on the characters from the song, I figured it was probably a 77 song. So this uh-huh. is an open question. Is this a thing that other people have heard? You know, kind of like, you know, Batmobile lost its wheels and the Joker got away, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. is this a thing, if you were a kid in the 70s, you know, is this a thing that someone else sang? Because it doesn't seem like it's from now. And I, no. I'm just curious. So I will sing it for you now. Oh, thank you. R2-D2, R2-D2, C-3PO, C-3PO, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Han Solo, Han Solo. So, <laughs> is uh, that... Does, I can see, like, the Kenner kids on the boxes, <laughs> like, singing that together. So, I, I think you might be right in guessing that it's, it's, it's older than, than, it, uh, than now. I mean... Yeah, so that, that's my sort of open-ended question. Okay. Um, what is the origin of that? And this ties into another thought that I had that I, while I was talking to Joker Savage, um, and that is trying to trace when people stop collecting Star Wars. You know, the the line is always, "Oh, and then I discovered girls." Right? Yeah. And you know my theory. That's BS. Yeah. I think you stop collecting Star Wars before you know there's girls, but there's something else that 
pops up and you know you have different tastes you know like yeah. my kid right now just loves playing drums and you know he loves playing you know Tron and stuff and he, a little more baseball he's, he'll get back into Star Wars but that's not his thing right now right right and I know for me I kind of went into Transformers and that kind of stuff um, but I think that a lot of the generation that collected vintage Star Wars toys then later went on to collect comic books during Chris Claremont's run of X-Men. Huh. Now, that's way before your time, Steve. <laughs> and I didn't collect comics. I didn't go this way. But I'm just curious. No. This is another theory I'm kind of trying to float out because I've known a lot of collectors who also have this really strong allegiance to the Chris well, Claremont X-Men run. Yeah, I was just going to say it does seem to be a, a natural parallel with, with people. Um, that's interesting. So maybe just on the forums or, you know, in the feedback section, you know, just say, you know, oh, yeah, I'm the kind of guy who kind of like when I asked the patch collectors, were you guys in Boy Scouts? And they're like, yeah. Oh, I never thought about the connection. It's like, of course you do, because who cares about patches but Boy Scout collectors, you know? I mean, not Boy Scout collectors. That's bad. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll leave that one in. But, uh, uh, I just heard Alec Baldwin from that SNL skit right there. Uh, Oh man! Uh, yeah. What was oh, that no. Canteen Steve? That's too? oh no! <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Yeah, this, this has been an awesome episode so far, Steve. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and then this next one is so sky. I don't. I don't know if your ears can handle it, audience. <laughs> um, so last month we were joking around about Chris Julius getting a, a you know. Too big oh, for his britches. Okay. And well, having that's, it, that's the connection. And right. infl- an inflated head, right? And that, right. And the Messiah complex. Right, a Messiah complex. And he even yeah. signed something, Messiah. So yes. I was thinking about our show, right? And always <laughs> our show is trying to be an audio magazine that accompanies the Star Wars Collector's Archive, right? right? So that's a place where you can go and read and find stuff out. And then this is a little accessory that you can have that goes along with that. Yeah. So... If Chris Jorgulius is the Messiah, who is the rest of the Trinity? <laughs> and I realize that there is one. All right. So God, in our Trinity of the Kaif cast, has to be Gus. Right. Because he's somewhat absent, right? He's not, he doesn't, I don't know if he listens to every episode, or if he does, he doesn't, he doesn't comment on it, you know? Um, he's benevolent, Right. And he, but he's like the overlooker, right? And he's right, kind right. of distant and kind of there, but you know, it's his site and, you know, this is basically his podcast, but he's not always there. So that's why right. he needs to send his only begotten son, Chris Jorgulius, to actually listen and comment and always be there <laughs> and sort of be his presence on earth in human form. Okay? <laughs> Are you with me so far? Yeah, so, so Gus is the omnipresent. Right. Chris is, is the, uh, Okay. The, the human face of God. Right, right. <laughs> and then the Holy Spirit, I think, has to be Ron. Oh, because, man. Because whenever we talk, we are trying to incarnate the kind of writing that he would do on the That's, archive. You're and right, that you're kind right. of introspection, the humor mixed with research, mixed yeah. with a kind of like, uh, you know, intellectualized sarcasm. Uh, I would say is the Holy Spirit of this podcast. Oh, man. This is. So what, yeah. what, what do you think of that, Steve? Uh, it's it's either I'm, I'm worried for myself that I'm that it's really making so much sense or I don't know. But it, just be worried for gut, me, Steve. My gut my gut reaction is yeah. That I can I can see your your line of, of thinking there. 
<laughs> yeah. So, anyways, I, I was just thinking of, of that and I, make, making people laugh. <laughs> um, maybe a little inside baseball. Yep. <laughs> um, but the, I, I don't know, Steve. This is even. Should we, should we go into this thing now? This weird Kenner Batman thing I found. I mean, I, I think it's relevant. It's Kenner, and it's it's toy related. Um, well, I, I don't see why not. Well, it's because I was thinking about Blue Stars. Yeah, I, I, I was mean, thinking we can still we can still tie that knot. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was just looking around. I, I don't know why I was at Barnes and Noble, and you know, I had to read. I just kind of go there and just read all the time. Because um, out here we have bookstores, Steve. That's right. Uh, all our orders are gone. <laughs> and so I just found this awesome article about Kenner Toys trying to deal with Batman. Oh, yeah. And um, so I'm just going to read this. I forget what the book was where I read it. Um, so here it is. Quote, Kenner Toys was hatching a massive business plan to follow up the success of its initial Batman movie toy line with dozens of new action figures that would feature Batman in costumes of different colors. But they had a big problem and called me into Cincinnati for an emergency discussion. The brilliant toy man, Jim Black, showed me a gold Batman, then a silver one, a red one, a blue one, a green one, and a white one. I told him I thought it was a terrific idea. Then Jim explained the problem was that Kenner had agreed only to portray Batman in toys as he was portrayed in the comic books or movies. And that meant he could only produce gray, blue, or black costume figured figures. He was stymied. I said, no, you're not, and directed him to the story, showing him that even in the comics there have been many different colored costumes. For a good measure, I pointed him to 1957's Detective Comics 241, the Rainbow Batman, and assured him I could even come up with a Zebra Batman if necessary. Dilemma solved, and the Batman toy line marched on. Kenner Toys loved these 50s Batman stories. <laughs> yeah, that is... When I read this, when you'd sent it to me, the first thing I thought was when I was trying to get Batman toys in the late 80s, like my fourth birthday was was totally Batman themed. Right. And like, I thought I, I, there must just be one Batman out there because I'd seen, you know, the Adam West and then I did see the, the Michael Keaton one. I'm like, well, that's not going to be all that much variety. But then I somehow got a Batman with a scuba tank and a, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and a helicopter backpack and all this stuff. And they're all differently colored. I'm like, that's how else are you going to sell Batman? You have to... You have to diversify, I guess. Yeah, it's so funny because I always had all these problems trying... Like, I never understood who in the world wants a light blue Spider-Man or whatever it was. Like, who, who right. wants these other... But whatever it is, obviously the toy companies know that's yeah. what people want. I just love the idea that they had to go back and find in the source material right. something that justified this uh, this kind of coloring. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that definitely has nothing to do with Star Wars. No, but, but it's still spirit. It's the spirit is the same. You know what, listeners? Kivecast at gmail dot com. Uh, I am curious. You know, do other toy stories like that interest you? Um, because I happen to think that's really interesting. And if I was listening to the show, I'd be like, "All right, that's not Star Wars, but that's pretty cool to see." Like that's how how toy companies work. Um, because I don't know. I I I, I love the idea that maybe. Uh, well, you, yeah. you see it now with Star Wars with the whole clone trooper thing. I mean, it's it, it's the same basic principle where you can paint them however you want now. Right. I mean, it's just yeah. so. I mean, yeah. It's just uh, it's more of a, a toy production line of thinking, not just Star Wars. Right now, do we hear Digby in the background? Yeah. Sorry about that. He's a uh, he's <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, blockaded by two doors. Yet his bark is still quite piercing. 
Um, it's it's funny on a on a Digby Dig Digby wing pilot note. Um, he would call him Diggs as for short, and I started thinking in my weird Star Wars brain that he really should be Diggs Bark Lighter because I would just <laughs> love it if he would stop barking. That uh. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's the darkest thing I've ever heard. I know. I figured I had to let that out. <laughs> Diggs Park Lighter. Uh, <laughs> oh, <so> Darky. <laughs> I've never said it until now. <laughs> oh my gosh, Steve! That that, <laughs> that I've, I've had a good day, but that made me Diggs Park Lighter. Uh, can you please get like a like a vanity license plate? It's just like DB lighter or something like that. Oh yep. my god, oh, that's yeah, funny. <laughs> that works, Steve. Diggs bark lighter. Nah, no, that's that's the dorkiest I'll ever get, probably. Yep, it is, and that's saying something on this show. <laughs> <laughs> that's for someone who's written a haiku for a Turkish bootleg. Uh, <laughs> I think mine is still still dorkier, regardless. <laughs> uh, it is. Um, yep. Well, you know, the way I was trying to justify. Uh, talking about um, talking about the Kenner story was by giving the idea of the blue stars and that right. it really is something that Kenner never thought if we just paint one of these stormtroopers black well, I guess they did think it right well, they, they thought about it they thought it, about it, it yeah. and yeah. that's you know um, we know Don in our episode three yeah I think right? it was episode three uh, he talks about the about the shadow troopers but the fact they never actually went through with it and that it was a bootleg was the first people to actually say, what if we just try painting in different colors? Yeah. Oh, Steve, this totally makes sense. This totally fits within the theme. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It all, it all works out. Um, but now here's a segue that doesn't work. And okay. Blue Stars is a bootleg, and John Alvarez is a famous bootleg collector. So let's talk to John Alvarez. <laughs> um, now, the, the reason I want to talk to him was one of the threads that came up recently was this whole thread about the inner circle theory, right? Right, right. That uh, collectors are, you know, uh, there's a secret group of collectors who only talk to each other. And we talked about this, I don't know, a couple years ago, maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, John Alvarez, to me, he was the person who sort of introduced me into the more social side of the hobby. And I think he has some interesting thoughts about that. Um, so I thought it'd just be kind of fun to get him on and you can learn about... Uh, how I was as a new collector. So if any of you out there have not been in the vintage hobby for going on 10 years, um, you can kind of get a little view back to how that was. So uh, what do you say we uh, talk to John? Don't hold that. All right, Steve. Well, this is kind of a funny thing because this has been a, a tricky show to record. So yeah. I just recorded the interview with Mike Mensinger, which the audience has just listened to. And then we're also going to be talking to this young gentleman, uh, John Alvarez, who we've wanted to have on the show for a long time. And he's here with us now. How's it going, John? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you? We're doing great. Uh, you're, you're kind of in a rush to see a movie. What, what movie are you going to go see? Well, actually, it, it got sidetracked, so I've got a little more time than I originally thought. Um, we were going to go see X-Men tonight, but uh, oh, cool. the kid decided to sleep over his friend's house, so we actually have the night free. <laughs> oh, so cool. I've got a little more time if we need. All right. But, but, but you have seen Pacific Rim, right? Oh, yes, yes. Sir. Okay. I saw good. that opening Cause, night, I think. <laughs> good. Because if, if you don't see... 
every other movie that you see that's not that movie is a mistake. You should see that movie and then we'll go watch it anymore. It's, it's robots, it's Godzilla's, and it's the Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that see, was. It's, uh, it's sad. I still haven't seen it, guys. I'm oh, kicking Steve. myself. I know. Ah, well, it's okay. Well, I'm sure we'll, we'll talk about it more. Yeah. But, uh, but John, I, I really wanted to have you on here um, because I, I spoke a little bit earlier in the show, which we haven't recorded yet. But I spoke earlier in the show about going to the, the Pennsylvania Collectors Club, and I got to see you. And I realized that you're probably, you know, the oldest friend I have in the hobby. And strangely... And by that, you mean old as dirt, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the one uh, who's been the friendliest to me in the hobby the longest. I didn't... I mean, when, you know, I think when you and I first met, John, um, it was still five years until Steve was born, so... Um, <laughs> And that's, that's the ironic thing is I've actually had a lot of people say that to me, and yet everybody in the hobby calls me a curmudgeon. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that's the thing. I, I, I was trying to get this off the ground, John. I don't know if you ever liked it, but the word I had for you was the benevolent grump. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember hearing that several years ago. I can yeah. accept that. <laughs> but, because you're definitely a grump, but you're definitely benevolent. And a curmudgeon isn't necessarily benevolent. No. You know? I, I, I grump with love. Yeah, exactly. You grew up with love. So I think it's funny because, you know, you've, you've been, you used to be the most prolific poster in the vintage section of Rebel Scum, right? Like it was not a day past where John didn't post, you know, at least 10 or 15 times, right? Um, <laughs> I tried to rack up over 10,000 posts. <laughs> you did. But, but I actually remember that when you got the little emperor symbol... Like, you wouldn't let anyone talk to you about it because you were embarrassed. I by actually it. stopped posting. <laughs> I didn't want anybody to see it. Uh, I, I, that was my question, John. Is that why you stopped posting? Was it because you had the stupid little emperor thing? No, I mean, I, I slowed down when I saw that. It was kind of one of those things where I realized, hmm, perhaps this is a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but no, uh, uh, family actually happened. You know, I, I, I started... I, well, the family happened, which is what slowed me down later. What slowed me down earlier was actually the, the Green Harvest scandal, if you will. Um, right. I bought a couple of pieces from that, and it kind of took the wind out of my sails a little and uh, moved on to doing some other side stuff. And I was picking up some robots and ray guns, and that's how I met Brian and introduced Brian to the vintage community. And... Uh, he was introducing me to the robot community at the same time, so uh, we just kind of traded knowledge with each other. But shortly after that, I, I started dating somebody who I've known half my life, and we got a little more serious, and I moved in, and she has a family, and anybody who has a family knows once you get a family, your money and your time tend to become less. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I still peek in now and then, but I don't have time for 10,000 posts anymore. I'm too busy with little league games and stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that definitely tends to happen. Um, so, are, are you making a documentary about robot collecting? Okay, that'd be really great. Sorry, that'd just be perfect, perfect balance. There. Of course, Brian's company put it out. <laughs> yeah, for those yep. of you that don't know, the Brian he's talking about is Brian Stillman, the the plastic uh, galaxy movie maker we've had on a couple times. Um, but what I think is funny too is that when you basically stopped sort of posting all the time, when your, I guess, your profile lesson was right as the podcast really started. 
I um, know, and I've, I've listened to a few of them, but I'm so far behind on them, and 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 I wish I had time to listen to more. Um, well, the, you know, guys are doing a bang up job, and and I'm actually really honored that you asked me to be on it. I'll yeah, well, well, <laughs> well way, I think, way overdue, John. <laughs> yeah, the way you should think about it is, you know, we call it the audio magazine, and the reason why is because just think of it as like you know when you go to like a beach house. You know, someone's, mm-hmm. like, travel house, and they have, like, a copy of People from, like, 1994 talking about how Jared Lipnicki <laughs> can write his own ticket or whatever. Just think of us as, you know, old episodes. It's just being in some old, dirty bathroom. and Just pick it up and read it and put it away. But, it, you know, it doesn't have to be in order or anything. Steve, no. is, you know is, this, is this right? <laughs> I think that you might want to clean us up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, but okay. Maybe not bathroom. Just you'd at least go old coffee table. <laughs> there we go. Old coffee table. No, I like your old bathroom. I think that works. Uh, that makes yeah. <laughs> but, but do you know, John, do you know who was the first person I ever brought up the idea of a podcast with? I know you sent me some early material. Was it actually me? Yeah, you were the first person I asked. Uh, I asked you, and I think I asked Matthias around the same time. And do, do you remember what you said about the idea? I don't. I know <laughs> I know your earlier version of it wasn't what it turned into later. And when I yeah. listened to it, I wasn't sure that it was going to fly with Gus. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't as polished as it is now, and that's not a shot against you because you were definitely trying to do something new. Yeah, yeah. It needed work at the time. And when you got the approval from Gus and started hammering them out, it really took form and became what it is now. But the, the early one that you sent me, it, I, it just wasn't the same as it is now. And, and if I said anything that bothered you, I'm sorry. No, just, no, uh, no, you didn't. No, I mean, positive criticism about it. No, on that first one, I had a terrible co-host. That was the whole problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, perm- the permanent guest host. <laughs> <laughs> the permanent guest host. Steve no, it's interesting. What you said was, I don't know how this is going to work because you're talking about visual things that people are listening to. And um, that was actually, it was very helpful. It wasn't mean at all. And it it led to more explanation in the beginning. It led to more show notes. And then now that's why we do this enhanced version. So if you have a smartphone, you can just stare, you know, at at your phone while you're driving. Uh, Not while you're driving. Um, (laughs) But kind of see what we're talking about. But. But it's funny. Millions of accidents caused by Scott. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're going to have a, a class action lawsuit against us for uh, yeah. collect collectors against the podcast. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> um, but definitely sometime too. Uh, I'd love to have sort of a, a talk because um, one of the interesting things about John, I was thinking about Celebration Three, and actually, I was I just talked to Mike Mensinger a little bit about Celebration Three. But that was my first real introduction into the hobby. But, but you know, like, there were sort of the people who I saw, and I knew, you know, like, oh, there's Gus, and he's walking away. Not mean, not in a mean way. You know, just like, there he is. And I remember seeing Ron and He Who Shall Not Be Named um, walking around and being afraid of them. Um, but I remember <laughs> that, yeah. Um, <laughs> there is one person in the hobby who we are not allowed to mention. So That's right. Yep. We just don't say his name. So if you'd like to know the who he is. The Anonymous Collector. The Anonymous Collector, yeah. yeah. Whenever it says from the collection of Anonymous, that, that's who they're talking about. Um, <laughs> but I remember, you know, very specifically, you know, meeting John for the first time. And what's great about John is you have the reputation as being this grump and this totally belligerent person. But you're also, you are so, like, you know, welcoming. that I remember, like, oh, okay. I, I, was, I felt sort of like, oh, no one's ever going to talk to me. But you were there and you were talking. And so I just... I, th- I think it's a fun thing to remember. And then I was talking to you in, in Pennsylvania, 
And then you told me about how I was perceived when I first started collecting. And this sounds really self-serving, Steve. But <laughs> what I'm thinking is, is that a lot of people who listen to our show, you know, they're sort of new vintage collectors, and maybe they go on the forums and they kind of have a frustrating time and this and that. And my recollection of how I was back in 2004, 2005 is very different from John. So how was I sort of, when I first came, came on, the, on the forums, sort of on the collecting scene, John? The ironic thing is when I found out I was going to be on this, I decided to try and find that post, and I can't. Okay. Uh. Your, your sign-up date is August 2004, and the earliest post that's still saved on, on RS is from November of 2005. There's a 15-month gap <laughs> of your post missing. So I, I erased it. I <laughs> hacked it, and he, he cleared it. Man, that's not cool. <laughs> and... And I brought this up to you uh, when we were in Pennsylvania, but the, I might have even mentioned it to you before, but the thing is, you're not alone. There are a lot of people currently that feel that way. I mean, that, that, that whole inner circle topic that comes up again and again and again and again and actually came up recently. Right, so, so what was it that I said in, in your that. recollection? What was it that I actually said in, in my... <laughs> Because I, I don't, I honestly don't remember, but I totally believe that you're right. I just don't remember saying it. it. It's, it's been almost ten years, so I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't remember it word for word. But it was definitely more along the lines of you thinking there was an inner circle, and and maybe not as bad as some people thinking that they're trying to hold people down or anything. But you definitely thought there was a good old boys club. Right. And there, there, there was a bit of a debate about it. But the thing is, I, and I'll, I'll actually admit, I thought that early on too. My my two uh, earliest hobby friends were uh, Sandy Rivers and uh, a guy named Tyler. I can't even remember his last name from Canada. He used to go by Reese Tessic. But uh, the, the three of us talked a lot, and we even felt like some of the older collectors who'd been around for a while kind of snubbed us. I, I even remember one time me and Tyler were in the archive chat room when, when we used to have one, and uh, a vintage collector who I won't put on the spot by naming <laughs> him, but uh, he was in there, and we were signed in under our screen names. His his was Reese Tessic, and at the time I used to post under Southside 201. And uh, he asked who we were, and when Tyler said it was him, the guy said, oh, I thought so, and walked out of chat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he actually left us, and I was like, wow, what a jerk. <laughs> But later I found out people who I talked to said, yeah, I mean, he really only likes to talk about prototypes and stuff. And it was kind of early on in our collecting. So I guess we just weren't speaking the same language at the time. Right. I don't think he was completely trying to be rude. But at the time I was like, what a jerk that guy is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's other people like Chris gave me a hard time early on. Chris G gave me a really hard time early on. And, and, uh, later as I got to know them, I realized these guys aren't the jerks that I think they are, you know, because I took the time to actually get to know them, and, and Chris is probably the main impetus for that, because I, I started emailing him a lot for anything and everything, and at one point, he actually emailed me back and said, you do realize I'm not a Star Wars encyclopedia, right? I have a <laughs> life and interest. You can email me and say, hey, how are you once in a while, not just how much is a 12-back worth, you know, and that's when I started talking to him and realized, you know, that, that you know, he's... He and I were both into bikes when we were younger and, and into a lot of like the same punk rock and hardcore and stuff like that. And, and I had other interests to start talking to him about. And after I met him, I met other people and started talking. And you did the same thing. That's the key. Your t-shirts were probably the single best thing that you did 
for your hobby life. Because by doing that, you showed a lot of people who've been around for a while, this guy's new, but he obviously cared enough to do this and give something out to everybody, and it was a kind gesture. And it shows that you cared in some way and that the hobby was more than a passing interest. Not only that, you actually showed up at a convention. I was appalled recently just seeing Thread for C7, seeing so many people grumbling about it being in Anaheim. Yeah. a favor. Get out of a five-block radius of your house and do something. Meet some people. Stop sitting behind a keyboard and grumbling. Yeah. See, that's Seriously. the kind of I know. That's him right there. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's, it's an inner circle of friends. That's, that's all it is, you know. There was one guy years ago, uh, uh, Django something... I know you'd remember him. I can't think of his damn name. But um, he came on and he gave me such a hard time. And he yelled at me and told me it was a, an elitist. And, and just because I had 800 carded figures in my collection, I remember telling him, dude, I have like 12 carded figures in my collection <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people have these perceptions. Like, I hung around with all these guys with these ridiculous collections. And at, at the time when I was first starting out, I had next to nothing. Yeah. You know, I wasn't there because of of everything I had. I was there, A, because I reached out to people and made friends, and B, because they respected the fact that I did research. That's another thing. I see so many people who don't want to do that. You had your thoughts about inner circles at first, but you did your research. You reached out. You made friends. You you proved that you were willing to learn, and that's all it takes to become one of these quote-unquote inner circle people. You know, people who started out with with nothing, you know, a couple of loose pop two figures or something are ones with websites like yours, podcasts, like look at Matias. Matias was another one who started out kinda of slow and kinda of quiet and he's doing all of the designs for everything, you know, Gus's book and Duncan's book and, and doing everything for the celebrations and everything. These are guys that just reached out and realized I wanna do something. I wanna become a part of this and and that's all it took was just showing that you were interested in learning and helping. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's also, it seems kind of broaden out, I think, as far as all human existence goes. That's pretty much how it all works. I mean, we're talking about Star Wars toys, but obviously that goes for just about anything. Anytime where you feel like you're being excluded, like excluded from something, most likely if you do a fair amount of work and wait a certain amount of time, you will be included. Like, that's all you really, you know, unless it's a question of, you know, I don't know, being the kicked out of a country club because, you know, you're not white or something ridiculous, you know. Um, up, Steve, I believe that will be the only weird racial reference I make in this podcast. Mark it down. Um, Noted. Noted. But yeah, no, I, I, I like that idea that it's not really, yeah. But I, every, every couple, eh, about once a year, Steve, I think it's good for us to kind of bring up this, this idea again. Yeah. Um, just sort of talking about it. Now, another thing I love, John, is, uh, is what you call Steve. And it's what Steve <laughs> used to be called... Uh, for lo- yeah, exactly. Brock's <laughs> friend, Steve. Um, so can, can you explain why Steve is called Brock's friend, Steve? Because Steve had the same problem that Mike Ritter had. Um, Mike, Mike Ritter is another one. When I first met him, he was a nice guy, but super quiet and didn't want to talk to anybody. You know, Brock pushed Steve in the same way that I pushed Mike to get out there, become active, start talking, come to celebrations. He was, when, when I met Steve, he was a super nice guy, but he was Brock's friend Steve. It's like, <laughs> oh, have you, seen, have you seen Steve? Who Brock's friend Steve? Oh, okay, I know Steve. 
No, it's totally right. true. Um, it's uh, it's funny. I mean, it, I remember speaking of old posts uh, when I I finally had to re-register Rebel Scum because I couldn't remember my old login, but I had an account. <laughs> In 2001, and you called me out for it's like, man, you had an account back I did, I found that. <laughs> yeah, did you find that? Yeah, and I'm like, man, I, I didn't even, you know, I forgot about it. And ever since then, it's it's really changed. I mean, I went to. So it's like, oh man, you're you're just now posting and acting like you're new, and you had an account like four years ago. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, yeah, 2001. It's just funny, but yeah. Wait, and plus, really- Steve, didn't you didn't your username used to not be Steve too? It was like something, some other name. No, no, but Steve was in it. it was like Jedi Steve D or something like, like that. Jedi like, took, Steve, yeah. It took a long time for me to find my account because I I kind of went. <laughs> you know, dormant for a while. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. Didn't you actually change your username at one point? It, maybe just for giggles, but wasn't it actually Brock Frenstein for a minute? I think, I think maybe when I re-registered, I had used that just so everyone <laughs> would kind of clue in. And then, uh, yeah, no, you're right. It was when I re-registered after Celebration 4 <laughs> that, that that came about. But, yeah, no, it's, it's just funny. I mean... It just I wouldn't have expected it to go that way, but you're everything you just said is absolutely right on. So, yeah, I mean, you you were quiet and and look at you now, you know, you go out to celebrations and and you're doing the podcast and you're doing your thing. And yeah, now, now if if we'll just give me a second to be a little bit too sky on you guys, so <laughs> then Steve and I work as hosts for this show. Because I started off as a guy who was too loud and feeling like there was inner circle and grumbling and excluded and kind of a whiner. And Steve started out as being a dude who just never, ever talk. And both of us were kind of afraid to sort of, or preventing ourselves from really enjoying what we were doing. And then... You just described Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then with time, you know, I got less paranoid. Steve got less quiet. But, you know, like, we can kind of relate to that, which is a lot of people yeah. who start off in any hobby or any endeavor of being either too shy or too paranoid. Um, and then eventually, with time and work and, and, uh, and you know, compassion and discussion with other people, they manage to have a better life. Yeah, eventually. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Wow, Steve, we're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> man, I feel so good about it. <laughs> Oh man! Yeah, well, see, that's why you have the benevolent grump on because exactly, you, you know, that's exactly why he, he brings out the I'm best. I'm sorry, I, I've only had one outburst so far. I'm really not no, being no, grumpy. No, Come on, okay. lob another one over the plate for me to grumble about. And, 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 and anybody who knows me knows I have a potty mouth, so I'm really trying to restrain myself from uh, not yeah, saying anything inappropriate really well. on your show. You're doing very well, Joe. Yeah. I gotta say, no, no, it's. Yeah. I mean, because we don't actually even really need the need the grump stuff. You know, I mean. We no. could say, you know, oh, how have the forms changed? Or- you know, I, I mean, that's, that's actually an interesting topic. I know mean, you, you said that was something you might want to touch on is the forms. And I, I, I've already admitted I'm not around as much as I used to be, so I can't comment on the, the day-to-day of it. But there was that thread a while back asking where all the old-timers went. And one of the reasons, it, it's kind of a snowball effect. It's like the... As I checked back more and more, there were there were more and more names I didn't recognize, and less and less names that I I did recognize. You know, they started moving into phone calls and Twitter and Facebook and emails, and that's kind of where I keep more in touch with them. But forums themselves, a lot of the old timers aren't there, and it doesn't seem like. And I don't want to say anything to insult anybody, but it doesn't seem like there's too many people on the forums that are going to become 
future leaders. I don't see anybody taking the time to do research. I don't see too many people documenting new things, starting podcasts, starting websites. They don't even want to take the effort to go out to a convention. So, I mean, people are asking why a lot of the old-timers don't go there. They're there just doesn't seem to be a lot of people who have the same mindset. The forums just seem like a different place now. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, and they they don't want to take the time to try and try and carry on the torch. They don't even want to read what's already been written. Never mind, look up something new and 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 chronicle new information for future collectors. They just want to ask questions about how many. Toe dents there are in a blue sandal piece. <laughs> there we go, Steve. Now we got the job we were looking for. <laughs> Thirty times on the same page. You can't even read that that question is too down from yours. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. There's there's I'm the grump of the devil. Just when I thought it was a love Classic. fest. Uh, Classic. Uh. Yeah, no, it's it's funny because I don't. You know, I started posting less when I started doing this show, and I don't know if it's because. I'm just kind of like a lot of other people and just sort of finding less stuff on the forums and more stuff outside or it's just any, any, like the forums were the place where I'd go and like, and you probably, you might remember this, John, I was super excited that I figured out that the, the way the, the characters are on the back of a power of the force card back is intentional mm-hmm. so that the, the whole punch could go in a certain place. So they put the short figures all in one row at the top and I, oh, yeah. and like, I mean, as far as I know, no one else had figured that out. And I was super duper excited about it. And I posted it. And uh, let's see, a, a certain collector in California, um, no one who's been on the show, but just like immediately said, like, yeah, who cares? And like, it just kind of, you said, oh, neat find. And then it just kind of disappeared and went nowhere. And I was like, well, if I was in the inner circle, they'd care. And I got all angry um, that no one cared about this amazing point. And that's part. That's the selfish part of this podcast is it's like, hey, I don't have to just wait for that to disappear. I could put that and have someone read it in an old dirty bathroom in five years. Exactly. So. <laughs> no, that, that's actually a really good observation. I, I think I actually knew that for some. I know I've, I've run into at least one card back before where it wasn't done like that, and because of the punch, somebody's head got chopped off. Right, or yeah, yeah there's, uh, yeah, there's a couple yeah. like that. All right, cool. Well, John, we will have you on again to have you answer the lightning round questions. Um, which everyone wants to hear you uh, talk about. And, you know, eventually we're going to get to to talk more about bootlegs and talk more about uh, some of the other stuff and experiences you've had in the hobby. So we will... Sure, sure. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up sooner or later, but it was great talking to you guys, man. My hobby participation is few and far between, so it's great hearing familiar voices. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, All thanks, right. John. Bye, John. Hi. The views of John Alvarez are not necessarily those of the Star Wars Collector's Archive or its podcast, but we'd love to hear your opinion. Was he too harsh? Not harsh enough? Send us an email, kivecast at gmail.com. Oh, snap! All right, Steve, well, we can pretend like we just had that conversation now. Very, very uh, thorough and fulfilling conversation with John Alvarez. Yes, uh, where... It's funny, he was worried about having to be edited out, but I totally sullied the name of a collector and swore. <laughs> but I got to edit that out because I edit my own stuff. Um, <laughs> lots of secrecy this month. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I was thinking, Steve, we need to set up our next debate, D8. Now, that's a vintage term right there. We haven't had anything by that like for, for quite a while. No, we haven't. But it was last month when we were talking to Mark Salati. 
And the debate is, we, I think as a hobby, we need to decide, do we call them foreign collectibles or international? Yeah. So if you say, I, you know, if you only collect toll toys, palatoy and Meccano, are you an international collector or a foreign collector? And so That's... I would like to have that debate. I think I will obviously get into etymology and the origin of the words uh, and that kind of <laughs> see, stuff. That, that can't that can't be expressed in a poll, though. It's kind of... <laughs> no. Are we going to have a no. That's true. We have a poll version, and then we can have an open. We're going to have a poll, and and I want you to 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 give your reasoning why it should yeah. be one or the other. Yeah. I don't think it's an open and shut case. I think there's a there's a PC answer and there's a less PC answer. But I also yeah. think that. I think it's a good debate, and I think we will decide on the Kivecast what is the official name of toys that are not made by Kenner in the United right. States of America. But speaking of bad transitions and etymology, <laughs> Steve, what if we talked to an entomologist? <laughs> I think that's, that's perfect. <laughs> so the difference is, of course, etymology is the study of words and entomology is the study of insects. Um, why those two words are so close together, you'd have to be an etymologist to understand. Um, but uh, we're going to talk to Mike Mensinger, who is the, the great, uh, the great uh, snow trooper collector. Yeah, and a big, big uh, archive contributor as well. Yeah, a lot of those entries are all the work of Mike. So yeah, yeah, we, and we're we're hoping to get to all of the archive editors, um, you know, at some point. And I think he's one of the last ones that we haven't actually had on the yeah. show. Um, right. And we're really excited to have him on. And I think what we'll do is we will have him on to talk about collecting that, and then we'll even have him back later to do a little vintage vocab. But let's just uh, have him talk to us about being one of the original uh, character-focused collectors and uh, what it's like to collect the hooded one. All right. Well, I am uh, here with Mike Mensinger. It's Mensinger. That's how you pronounce it, right? Yes, that's correct. Okay, good. I mean, as you may know, we've been trying to get everyone to pronounce Jorgulius correctly, so <laughs> want to make sure we don't we don't uh, call it by the wrong name. Yeah, that's a, that's a pet peeve of mine, and sometimes people <laughs> say Messinger, so I, I appreciate the correct pronunciation. Yeah, well, it's cool because like when you when you type it into like a phone, it separates it into Men Singer, so okay. it's like at least it doesn't get corrected in the wrong way. True, true. Um, but we're really happy to have you on. Uh, last month, I don't know if you know, but we we were covering FX Seven. And uh, we could not get a hold of Alex Slater, and so it was this sort of catastrophe, because obviously he's the, the big FX7 guy, so like we have to get Mike on this month's episode. Um, I'm as glad being, to be on. Yeah, sort of the, 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 big, the big cheese in the, in the world of uh, the Snow Trooper. <laughs> now, first of all, does, do you call it the Snow Trooper? I do, actually, yeah. Snow Trooper is what I typically say. Sometimes I'll say Hall Storm Trooper, but I guess... Technically, according to the the card back, it's uh, Imperial Stormtrooper Hawk Battle Gear. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, it, underneath that little hood thingy, is is it supposed to be a regular Stormtrooper outfit? Do you know? I don't think it is. Now, I think it's probably a unique, um, a unique outfit for that that Hawk environment. 
Yeah, it's just, it's funny they didn't think to call it a snow trooper. You know, these days with all the different clones, they'll do anything to call anything something different. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, Marketing machine that it's fine. Of course, why they, why snow trooper wears a skirt in the cold, I'm not exactly sure. But, um, yeah, that's true. Does that, does that, maybe that cut down on the wind chill? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I remember uh, John Wooten used to tease me. He would, uh, when he was collecting Stormtrooper stuff, he would always he would explain why Stormtrooper was superior to Snowtrooper, and that was because Stormtrooper didn't wear the skirt. So, right, well, it could be a kilt, you know, kind of a, a Scottish theme going. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> a Snowtrooper. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, actually, we we had John uh, a couple months ago whenever we did the Stormtrooper, and that was uh, that was fun to have him on. And and you've been, I mean. So he kind of stopped collecting stormtroopers, but you've been collecting snowtroopers for a long time, right? How long have you been collecting them? Yeah, it's probably been, I would say, at least since the late 90s, probably. Um, yeah, I guess the first, actually the first piece I ever purchased, um, and I wasn't doing the focus at the time, was a... Uh, was my painted hard copy, and I bought that. Uh, they used to have a big toy show in Atlantic City called Atlantique City. It was at the um, at that time. <laughs> I, I love that name, Atlantique. It sounds yeah. so romantic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a great show. They used to have it on the uh, at the old convention center on the boardwalk, and um, I guess it was probably there when I picked up the. Uh, the hard copy, but I remember um, I got it from Mark Huckabone, and uh, I remember walking up to the booth and I'm. Um, looking at this stuff and I was buying some carded figures from him and it was kind of an afterthought. I saw the thing and the price on it, I'm, I'm, I said to Mark, I'm like, why is the snowtrooper priced at what it is when it has this leg is falling off it? <laughs> so, so that was kind of my, my impromptu introduction to the world of hard copies and prototypes. I would say that was actually probably my first prototype too. I may have had... Um, one of the small Luke X-wing um, coins, but other than that, that was um, that was pretty much my intro into the world of it. And then, um, well, and w- do, would you ever say how much you paid for it back in the late nineties? Um, it was a small fraction of what they sell for today. Okay, so it's uh, still still a guarded secret. I was just curious because it's that is pretty great though that your first prototype is also your focus thing. <laughs> like, hey, why is the leg this thing? You know, kind of like when people see the proof cards and they're like. Hey, this one doesn't have a toy on it. Is it worthless? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. So kind of later on down the road when I was looking at, I wanted to put together a, a character focus and, and in particular a figure focus. Um, I used that as kind of the building block of it. You know, and I think I had a revenge proof card at the time, too, that I had bought in a, a Brian Rackfowl auction um, back in the toy shop days. So I, I kind of took those two pieces and... I thought to myself, you know, Snowtrooper is very prominent in the micro collection, so I knew I'd have a bunch of four-ups to chase, and it had the power of the Force coin, so that opened the coin prototype world and a lot of cool um, foreign foreign figures, too, to track down. So it kind of had everything I was looking for at the time. Yeah, for, for one of the characters that's only in one movie, it really has a fair amount of... I don't know, a fair amount of stuff in, in different realms. So that's cool. So you didn't really pick it for the character, but more for the potential of collecting that character. Yeah, exactly. And, of course, I mean, I did like the character, too. But, um, yeah, just being able to see all the different ways I would be able to go with it, um, that definitely attracted me to it. Well, it's funny. I was looking up for pictures of your collection because, I mean, you know, when I started kind of going down the vintage realm 
your your site was it First State Star Wars, right? Is that where your thing is from? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, because you're you're in Delaware, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I always think of Wayne's World whenever I think of Delaware. <laughs> I apologize. I don't, you remember that. I, you know what? When I first met you in 2005, I think I made a reference to that. Yeah, you may have. <laughs> or imagine being able to be magically whisked away to... Delaware. Delaware. Hi. Hi. I mean Delaware. I'm, I'm kind of a predict, predictable at that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was trying to find pictures of your collection, and I found this old slide, and I'll put it up on the enhanced version. And it's actually from the Celebration 3 focus collecting panel. And uh, it has a pretty nice picture of your pre-production stuff and your kind of cabinet of Snowtrooper things. I did have a question, though. So you're, you're an entomologist, is that correct? Yeah, that's what my degree is in. Yeah, I work as an environmental scientist now, but yeah, I have a, have a degree in entomology. Is there any vintage Star Wars figure that calls to you as an entomologist? Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess they never made the weird praying mantis guy. Yeah, but, that I mean, would have been pretty cool. <laughs> um, I guess that would have had to be it. I guess Zuckus and Forlom are kind of insect-looking, so they they might might fit the bill. Yeah, I don't know. I was just I was wondering if like you had to pick a focus based on what someone actually did. I was like, what would an entomologist want to study? Um, yeah, that, gosh, that's, I, would, I would think Forlom or, or Zuckus would be the ones from that perspective. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, it'd be actually pretty neat to do like those weird super micro photographs, you know, of bugs, but just put you know Zuckus's face on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> we have some pretty good uh, photoshoppers here. Uh, the show, maybe, maybe they'll do it. Um, I also did kind of want to talk a little bit about about the Snowtrooper. Now, one of the nice things about the show is if I ever half remember something, I intentionally don't look it up so that I know. So. If I remember correctly, there's an insanely rare production snowtrooper, which uh, you know, a domestic snowtrooper. Which one am I thinking of? It's one of the Jedi ones. Um, I believe it's a '65 back, if I remember correctly. And that one is just insanely. There's like no known copies, or one or two, or UF five, or <clears throat> no. There's a few of them, and it was one of those ones that was rare. I should double check that that that's the correct one, but um. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah, right. I, think, I think that sounds right to me. Um, <laughs> that checks in with me. It's one of those ones where it's it's a rare character card back combo, not you know super desirable. So it was when the first one popped up, and I guess um, I think it was missing from the Kellerman Matrix, perhaps at the time. So it was kind of a big deal. But then it's like anything else. Once somebody knows that that one's tough, then people start looking a little harder for it, and a few more show, you know, come out of the woodwork and whatnot. So, um, yeah, a couple more have shown up over the years. But is that one where you don't even know if you have it and you don't even care? Um, I, I really, with the Kenner domestic carded stuff, I haven't gone with all the different variations too, too much and for the production ones. And the reason for that is, is actually kind of a funny one is because I've gone with so much of the proof cards and actually I've got a really significant run of uh, QC samples. Oh, so cool. I, I kind of use them as to fit the QC sample bill and also the uh, the production figure. Oh, man, that's like, that's, that's, I mean, that's one of the better sort of super cool guy vintage moves. Yeah, all my production stuff has to have a QC sticker on it, <laughs> which, which could go back to the Atlantique show, you know, with people going, hey, this one has a sticker on it. Is it worthless? But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, actually, we should have like a, a little panel sometime about like Atlantique and a couple of those old shows. Um, I know Ron talks about that that a lot. So you've been 
have you always been looking for foreign stuff as well? Um, the prototype stuff is, is definitely more of my main focus. Um, but I do, you know, go after the, the carded stuff or the foreign stuff too. Um, I haven't really delved too deeply into the palatoy carded figures yet, but, um, I do have some of the tri logos and I've actually got one of the, uh, uh, PVP pop ones. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was wondering if you've been watching the auctions lately for what those have been going for. Yeah, the, those <laughs> things have just increased in value tremendously. It's it's crazy. There was a, a pretty substantial find of those that Jordan had years back, and um, that was where mine originated from. And, and man, they were. I can't imagine that too many of them were more than like four or five hundred dollars at the time. Maybe not even that. Yeah, yeah, well now you can definitely add a zero. Yeah, exactly. But we definitely need to get you back. But of course, we can't let you go without the lightning round questions. So are you are, are you ready for those? I think I am. Okay. What is your favorite bad line from any Star Wars movie? Oh, jeez. And just to remind you, mine is, Pilot, land over there by that assembly area. <laughs> that is my favorite bad line from a Star Wars movie. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I might actually... I think there was one that Salati was talking about last episode. The one okay. The that was <laughs> the a one pretty awful sand. one. I might have to share in his uh, opinion. All right. Okay. You, you, you can steal Mark's. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you can steal his Holy Grail item. What, what is your Holy Grail item, the item you're most looking for? Um, I would say it'd probably be a tie right now between I still need an unpainted figural hard copy, a vintage one for Snowtrooper, or the silicon molds. So they would probably be the, the competing grails for me in the Snowtrooper realm. Do you know where either of them are? No, as far as I know, they haven't um, haven't turned up or, or seem to have survived yet, and I've been been hunting for them for quite some time. So, But you never know what's, what's hiding in a basement here or there, and... Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's, that's, yeah, that's exciting. Uh, and if your if your whole house is burning down, I don't know. Uh, I don't think Delaware has a lot of forest fires. But in the event that it did, and you had to grab one item, what what would be the one item you would grab? The one item that I grabbed. Um, God, that 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 painted hard copy would rank up there. So that, okay, so the the, the very first thing you got at Atlantique? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that that would be great. Yeah, that's like the perfect answer. And then uh, the final question, this is the one that's hardest to answer, but usually is the most uh, philosophical and interesting. If you actually were an item of vintage Star Wars toys, which one would you be? You know, I, I actually thought about this when the, <laughs> in advance, what I might answer. And, and I'm actually going to go with the Dianoga. And the reason okay. that is is because, as you know, I, I collect quite a few other toy lines, Um outside of Star Wars, and, and with collecting that stuff, that much stuff, one accumulates a bunch of items. So sometimes I feel like the walls are closing in on me and I'm swimming <laughs> in a sea of junk. So, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Dianerga. Oh, awesome. That's, uh, I like that. that that's, that's a good reason. Yeah, you're, you're also a huge Kenner Superpowers collector, is that yes, right? Yes, yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. are there, is there anyone who, who has, like, a focus on the Penguin? There is, actually. Yes, there is? Okay. I'd, I'd love to see those photos, because I've often thought uh, about how much I love the penguin. I'm like, ah, jeez, I wonder if there's anyone who has, like, a, a penguin focus. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, I've got a pretty a decent run on it myself. But, um, yeah, I love the Superpowers line. And if I can uh, 
plug my superpower site real quick at www.kennersuperpowers.com. Um, I show a bunch of different prototypes, and we've got discussion forums there. And if, if listeners are also interested in the line, I'm, I'm sure they would get a kick out of that site, too. Yeah, but I have to put a little warning on there. You go to that site, and you're like, i got to start buying some superpowers. <laughs> I was on there because I clicked back, because if you do uh, backslash first date Star Wars, right, right. That, that leads to your Snowtrooper collection and all your other prototypes and stuff. And But I was looking at all that superpower stuff. I'm like... Ah man, I think I probably need an Argentinian Wonder Woman. I I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely good. Uh, well, well, awesome, Mike. Well, we appreciate your uh, your coming on. And actually, they will hear from you a little bit later on in the show to get your definition of the YPS. Okay, sure. All right. Well, uh, good talking to you, Mike. And. Uh, Look forward to talking to you in our famous uh, Atlantique episode, which we'll record at some point in the next 10 years. <laughs> sure, yeah, that'd be great. Thanks again for having me on the show, Sky. I really appreciate yeah. it, and I look forward to another opportunity to be on if possible. All right, cool. Bye, Mike. All right, take care. Tis a Nugget from the Archive. Tis a Nugget. Oh, my God, they're gorgeous. From the Archive. Steve, I'm going to prevent myself from... No, I'm probably going to put in a cheesy Dire Straits joke here. (laughs) I want my TV. It's not as bad as Diggs Barklighter. No, no, that's that was my. Now you really know how much of a of a fanboy that I am. I've just been bottling it up for for many years. So what have you found for us, Steve? Um, so what we got here is a mock-up box for the MTV7 mini-rig, which we had mentioned earlier is one of many vehicles that the uh, the Hoth Troopers pictured on. But this, I feel like this is his ride. Yeah. Um, so it's this great mock-up where they took uh, photocopies of some original sketches and kind of just pasted them to a box to see how it would look. And it's all kind of crudely drawn with looks like ink, and they have multiple versions, so they'll have one version on the bottom, and then you can flip the uh, the top one up. And there's two alternate images of the artwork, and uh, all of the. It's funny they even put like a hand drawn uh, proof of purchase thing and a, a space for the UPC. All, all the stuff you need to have on the package, but it's all in a very crude, almost like comic book like form or storyboard form, and that sort of reminds me of it's like a storyboard. Right. But, um, yeah, it's just cool. I, I don't know if there's many pieces like this for, for other vehicles. I just remembered seeing this one years ago and, and looking it up because I just hadn't thought about it in a while. But uh, have you seen any other for, for other vehicles like this? Uh, yeah, I'm, there's kind of a similar one for the uh, the VME. Okay. Um, Man, you got you got to have that. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, the, these are all in the... the According to the archive in the collection of Chris Jorgulius. Um, ah, all right. um so you know, I uh I I've talked to him about it, but yeah. uh given the general level of response I I don't think it's forthcoming, but you know. <laughs> you you I, got I, a feeler out there. That's good. As I always say, you know, it's the longer you're in this hobby, the more patience you have. Yeah, that's that's totally true. So there's a lot of items where, you know, if I just started collecting, you know, Two months ago, I would be emailing Chris every week saying, oh, my God, how am I going to get this? Yep, but yep. I've known he's had it now for you know, almost a decade, and I think I've brought it up with him twice. Um, and, you know, 
<laughs> if it winds up here, that's great. If it doesn't, that's understandable too. But yeah. no, these things are just awesome because yeah. you really see the artistry. Of, yeah, uh, it's 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 the the creative process. I love that all the text is just it's just in hand handwriting. It just it just makes me think how fun it would be to, to be involved in stuff like this and toy design. And now it seems like most of it would. Well, I don't know. Who, who knows who still does stuff on, on pa- paper to start? But it, to me, I just get this impression of so much digital artistry going on, and this this is not digital at all. No, yeah, and it's yeah. really the MTV is the MTV Seven is such a great vehicle. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we know actually after having talked to talked to to John about the friendliness of collectors and stuff, that's one of my favorite Star Wars toys that I have. Is when I went to visit uh, Matthias in Sweden with my family. It was before he had kids, yeah. and he just gave my kids just a handful of loose Star Wars toys. And one of them was an MTV Seven, oh, and nice. I never played with one, so I just I have tons of fun just you know, squeezing it down and having <laughs> it go underneath the bridge and having it pop yep. back up. Yeah, it's um, like man, it's like that. Uh, it just reminds me of that weird new Bat Cycle. Now I'm thinking about it from the those Christopher Nolan movies. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh right! Oh yeah, the, yeah. The, the fat tires and all that, and the, just the, yeah, you're right. The mobility Ooh, of it. I smell a custom coming. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. All yeah, right. definitely. That the handwriting recreate the Hoth Ice Planet adventures with these mini rigs. And oh, you see the PDT8 with yep. the FX7 on there. <laughs> yep. Yep. You know, definitely an awesome thing and, and a sign of the real artistry uh, that went into it. And I wonder, you know, just yeah. They almost should have just let these be drawn art because these yeah. are just I mean, really that's, cool, yeah, cool work. Yeah, that's it's one of those. It's that long debate of like when <laughs> the Force line came out and he saw the the artwork rather than the toys. I mean, it, I I love both, so it's 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 a tough tough thing. Yeah, and one interesting thing that Ron points out, or should we now call him the Holy Spirit? Um, <laughs> Uh, points out in uh, in his write up is that the figures actually overlap the border. Yeah, yeah, that's um, right. He, so you, you'll see he's, the, he's, the snowtrooper's uh, head like popping out. Yeah, yeah. And that's a kind of dynamism which is a lot harder to have, I think, back in those days with right. photography than it yeah, was yeah. in the drawing. Absolutely. So yeah, that's definitely an awesome nugget. And it's, I, if I were you and you're looking at at the phone or whatever your computer screen. That's fine, but definitely click on the link and yeah, or just look up just look up MTV seven SWCA. Um, oh yeah, by the way, we've never talked about that. The best way to look for things on the archive. Yeah. I think looking for it on the archive is okay, but Google will help you out more. So what I do is I just type whatever I'm looking for and then space and then the SWCA as one word. Yep. So if you type in MTV7, the SWCA, this will pop up. That's an easier way to navigate than the search function on the archive. Okay. okay. Um, not to anger the archive, but its, <laughs> its search function can be a little bit unwieldy at times. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I believe that should lead into the nugget. I mean, into the unloved item. Yep, I just uh, emailed it to you. Okay, good. So we have a couple surprises then, because Steve hasn't told me what it is. But I, we also have to have a commercial. That's right. <laughs> now, we can't reenact this one, because it's just two characters, and unfortunately one of them is R2-D2. <laughs> but this and you is know def- how terrible of an actor I am. It's just, it, it wouldn't. 
<laughs> no, Steve, people don't know. I edited out all the different times you you had to say. Uh, uh, I, I know. I, I'm like, man, he, he made me sound not as bad as that. <laughs> uh, and when you were like, and when the force is with you, everything's possible. <laughs> but, um, but this one commercial, I think, is the most important. I think the most anything I saw that was Star Wars related was this commercial. I must have seen this a thousand times. So uh, let's have the audience have a listen. Artu, where are you? Artu? Artu? Artu, you're on fire! Artu, Gitu, you've found a cigarette! Well, I don't think smoking has grown up at all. Because it's very dangerous. Smoking does dreadful things to your lungs and is very bad for your heart. Well, I know I don't have one, but humans do, and I think we should set a good example. Well done, Artu. Oh, hello. You know smoking is bad for your health, and it isn't grown up at all. So please, don't smoke. Artu, do you really think I don't have a heart? Now, Steve, this is probably before your time. Do you remember watching this when you were a kid? I, not when I was a kid, but I have seen it before. And uh, it just, the serendipity of, of this, it, this is making my day. Um, that, that was perfect. Ugh. I mean, that, uh, I, you know, why is it serendipitous for well, you, Steve? Well, with the, the unloved item. Um, oh, okay. Because it's, it's, I, yeah, go ahead. Because I don't even know what the unloved item is. But yeah. um, so in in the last couple months, you know, I've been going through a lot of really hard times under a lot of stress. And I actually have started smoking again. Oh. Um, okay. But uh, actually today is the day I quit. Okay. And I went out and I got the, the Obama gum, you know, the, the Nicorette gum. And uh, I'll, I'll be fine. I mean, it's not like I'm up to a pack a day. It's like one or two a day or whatever. Um, yeah. But, it, it, like, you know, whenever you're faced with, like, crushing stress, I'm like, well, I can either become an alcoholic or I can, you know, uh, pick up this bad habit. So I, I was thinking of that because, you know, I, I look forward to next month, you know, saying, oh, you know, that that's all gone now. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was funny because I thought – I think about this commercial almost every time I – ever had a cigarette like <laughs> i was obsessed because it was the only time you'd ever see star wars was yeah r2d2 you found a cigarette and like something about it like kind of the problem was it still kind of made smoking cool because <laughs> it was like yeah. r2 was like hiding in the back and he's kind of hanging yeah. out there yep <laughs> and like he's using his cool arm and it's like c3po is like you shouldn't do this you, yeah. you're lame but it's kind of in the same tone he calls him an old rust bucket yep. so yep. that's sort of my uh, other point is does it kind of secretly promote smoking i'm uh, not sure i'm not sure uh, what net effect it had on me oh man I, uh, it just reminded <laughs> me of a, a story that my dad had about his best friend that he met in high school that he had broken his both of his arms in a bicycle crash and uh he was a smoker but somehow he rigged two uh hangers to his hand so that he could smoke a cigarette so i'm just thinking of r2's <laughs> arm and my, it's my he's like my uncle <laughs> uh, and i'm like man it's it's i'm just picturing that it's like that mechanical arm with that little pincher holding the cigarette just so he could smoke and it, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind for me oh uh, that's funny yeah. yeah yeah so anyways that's uh is 
in with the increased personal view into our lives here, yeah, uh, just kind of kind of put that one out there. I mean, it's yeah. it's good when, because I, I'm not like hardcore or anything, so yeah. the the, the when, gum's working fine. That's good, and yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> uh, when did that air? Was it like late as, 80s, early nineties, or as far as I can tell, that aired from like 1978 to like 1989. Okay, like, so, I saw that thing. All the time. Okay. And, you know, it's a PSA, right? Yeah. So PSAs, like you have to air a certain number of PSAs. That's by law. And, you know, I don't think they cost any money to obtain or whatever. And it's Star Wars, so who doesn't want to see it? Who, yeah, who doesn't want to um, watch it? Yeah, absolutely. But I just love it. Dan. You don't really think I don't have a heart. <laughs> you don't. You're a toaster. But uh, Anyway, yeah. so, so that's, our, that's our commercial, which... Yeah. Uh, which has a has a personal uh, a personal edge today, yeah. Um, which is funny because I now think, oh my god, are my kids going to listen to this? I'm like, <laughs> no, I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, if you hear me having a little bit of a cough today, that's uh, part of the reason why. Yeah, it's a really bad habit. All right. Um, so, what do you say we get to this mysterious unloved item? Sounds good to me. All right, Steve, I'm now going to open up the email to see what the unloved item is. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, no, this is a... Uh... It is an Oral-B Star Wars Return of the Jedi dental health adventure book. Yes, and uh, I mean, this This is a birthday gift from my girlfriend recently, and uh, it just basically... I just solidified what we do on this show. I'm like, she really, she gets it. She listens. So I'm finding out she, she's listening to a few here and there. And, uh, and this just, I mean, I couldn't uh, believe. You, you got to put a ring on it, Steve. This is a, <laughs> this is a keeper. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, but yeah, it just, and the fact that you just showed the, the smoking PSA, this, this is like a pamphlet PSA, essentially. Yeah, for, it's the for, other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you open this thing up, I mean, this thing, I could go on for, for hours just on this well, alone, but well we let's just stop let's yeah. just start with the cover yeah the okay. cover you got you got uh luke in his jedi outfit and c-3po holding these giant toothbrushes as if like they're american gladiators uh <laughs> yeah. and uh i mean what do they they can't brush their teeth with those they can brush their their face uh right. or maybe they can clean r2 with it but um so and, that, and, that's and, the and cover. one more thing steve yeah um I don't think that the artist knew what the flap was on oh, the Luke on, Jedi on yeah, you're totally image. Right. So yeah. I think what he thought was that the shirt was open to yeah. his open chest. Exactly. Yeah. So it comes across like he's wearing an like a really low cut shirt with an yeah. ascot. Like yep. he has this kind of uh I don't know. I mean, really flamboyant looking Luke <laughs> with his little star behind him. Yep. And it looks to me like he's, you know, wearing it like you almost expect to see like a big medallion or something <laughs> underneath <laughs> his shirt. Um, yeah, yep. no, that, that's an amazing Luke. And, I mean, uh, you could just you could just take that out of context. Okay, now what yeah. happens when you actually open so up the book? You Steve? open up. It's it's an adventure book. Remember, so the the top headline is exploring the dark side, poor dental care, and uh, it's it's this intricate 
description of the agents of destruction, which, which are plaque, sugar, acids, decay, and gum disease. And uh, so they look nothing like Star Wars. They look like almost like those weird little guys from the Raid commercials. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then you have Darth Vader there, which apparently he, he is the uh, the overlord of, of these little guys. Well, wait and, one uh, second. D- Decay does kind of look like a Tauntaun. Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Tauntaun look. Um, ah, you're right. Yeah. Um, and so the the, uh, the second side of this, it's like a, your your typical activity book. Find the hidden demons, where you, you color in the uh, <laughs> the uh, the agents of destruction in this, and you got even got a pro droid and a tie fighter flying around. So it's this weird mishmash of Star Warsy stuff and completely not Star Wars stuff. Um, so you, f- you flip the page. And you go through the other side. It's the, the the nice side, a journey through the dentist's world. And this is more like your your smoking <laughs> PSA, where you have three PO and R two describing all of the uh, the dental equipment. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and then you got a little word search and all that. And, and it's just it's just funny because it, it it's clearly they use three PO and R two as these as these PSA guys. I mean, it's all about <laughs> shaping America's youth, right? Uh, but uh, I think the last page may be, or this next one may be my favorite. It's just a, a coloring book <laughs> page called "The Rebel Alliance in the Land of the Plaque Fighters," and you have, you know, Luke in his his uh, flamboyant Jedi outfit, just kind of posing with his lightsaber, and then you have Han and Leia just nonchalantly shooting the little demons, and then you have like, I, I, is, that, is that like a, a toothpaste tube punching one, like Mike Tyson? He's got yeah. like a boxing glove on. Yeah, yeah. a toothpaste tube with. Toothpaste shooting out the top of his head. Yep, and he's got and he's got some boxing gloves on. Uh, and then you just have another toothbrush just chasing angrily the yeah. other the other demons. Um, lastly, you have the creature's guide to better eating, uh, which which you know warns kids away from the sugar demons that hide in snack food like gum and candy and, and pop, as as Yoda would, <laughs> would call it. And then uh, you even have you have Droopy McCool, so you know it's a, a Jedi thing. They gotta they gotta get him out there. But then this, I almost I right, wish the could good side it. of the snacking, the good yeah. side of snacking, and you have you know milk and cheese and, and bread and popcorn, and and the best and the most healthy thing is Chewbacca and his giant carrot. Um, <laughs> yes. that that I think I need to get you a T-shirt made of that if I can. I gotta scan that because that is just like. <laughs> That's one of my favorite Chewbacca uh, imagery right there. Uh, yeah, I have never seen this, and uh, now that I have seen it, I feel like my life is a little bit more complete. This is good, absolutely good. amazing. It is yep. Chewbacca, and he <laughs> is ca- holding a gigantic carrot. He seems to have kind of a smiling face, and uh, it's one of these things, Steve, actually, my uh, my meal that I eat every work day. Yeah. I, I eat um, three stalks of celery, three carrots, and a tofurkey and hummus sandwich. All right. Um, so. <laughs> that's I just I eat vegetarian, you know, like during the day, just yeah. try and reduce my meat intake, and just I just like eating vegetables. So it is kind of my reputation at work as being the dude who always has celery and carrots. See, now you just need to cut this out and, and put it by your in your office somewhere or somewhere where, where people are going to see it. Um. Yep, that is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those um. yeah, the, the artist did not think to finish his bandolier strap. Ah, uh, tisk tisk. Yeah, where does that thing go? Diggs Parkmater. That's great, Steve. So yeah, no, I, I, I couldn't believe when I when I saw that, and, and just based on the cover alone. But then when I opened it up, I, I mean, it was like the best birthday gift I'd ever received. 
Ah, uh, that's was, great. Yeah, good stuff. Something tells me I'm gonna have to get one of these from uh, the toy chamber, maybe. Yeah, no, it's funny. Uh, she she when she uh, pulled out the business card, I was half expecting it to say toy chamber, and it was actually a, a different eBay seller that just has everything Star Wars, more, more modern stuff than Todd, but. Um, it's like Star Wars seller, I think, is his eBay store. Oh, I, it, yeah, dude, SW yeah. seller. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, no, he's okay. uh, he's in San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. That's right. San Diego. I, I tried to get him to join the the California club. Oh. I don't really know what his deal is, but he has okay. a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, um, I'm gonna have to reach out to him again. Um, yeah, yeah I've, no, this, I've bought this, a lot of stuff with him over the years. Like, if you're a focus yeah. collector, he's he's a good guy to oh, know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but yeah, so that that's I had to, to go with that as the unloved. Awesome. Uh, well, you know, it's been a while since we've we've touched on anything that's actually uh, snowtroopery, right? Yep. Yep. Um, so I was thinking that with Celebration Europe uh, being in Germany, yeah, and with this being the snowtrooper episode, why not talk about the great? YPS Snowtrooper. Yeah. And then I realized I don't actually really fully know what that is. So in the pre-recorded interview, I asked Mike Mensinger to give us the vintage vocab. What is Y? Let them folks change our vocabulary. Change our vocabulary. It's vintage. We're joined here with Mike Men- Mensinger to describe what is a YPS, because this is the vocab month. And to tell you the truth, Mike, I've sort of known what a YPS snow trooper is. But I've never thought about buying one, so I don't really know. What is it, Mike? Well, it's the um, YPS is actually a, a German comic book, um, and in issue five ten, it um, came polybagged with a snowtrooper figure. Uh, the comic was actually published in eighty five, so I don't. I've always kind of wondered if if this YPS um, book actually may have had a bunch of overstock, got a deal of overstock snowtrooper figures or something like that. But um, it's kind of a strange book. Um, the snowtrooper figure itself um, comes packaged with a, uh, an, it's actually an action force uh, weapon. And I, I was dealing with a guy out of Germany a while back, and um, he actually said that they came, some of them came with the Kenner weapon as well. So it may have been they, they ran out of those and moved to the, the, uh, Action Force weapon. I'm not sure. And it's got this cool artwork with with a snowtrooper on the front. Yeah. And have you yeah Have you ever actually read the comic book? I have. I, well, read right. <laughs> and looked at the pictures. <laughs> flip flip through like an illiterate dock worker, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. The um, it, it's snowtrooper is actually not in it in a lot. Um, it's actually the the comic is a compilation of different various different little comic stories and. Uh, he, it's only a one-page um, gig that he's on, but it has a uh, this green uh, kangaroo and then a, a turtle and a mouse <laughs> character. And kangaroo goes into his car; it won't start, so the turtle pulls something out of the tailpipe. And the, okay, uh, <laughs> this is a pretty strange comic. The uh, so off goes the truck with the um, kangaroo, 
And then in like the later panels, all of a sudden, everybody freaks out. The mouse is running. There's a bird now that's flying away. And the turtle man's running. And out from the bushes comes a snow trooper. <laughs> and then in the last panel, um, we find out that the snow trooper is actually the green kangaroo in disguise. He like takes the helmet off and winks. So it's a, it's, wow. it's a pretty strange, pretty strange comic. Wow, the green kangaroo in disguise. I did not think that's where this episode was going. <laughs> uh, now, as far as the YPS, do those come up for sale? I mean, is it? How many of them are out there, do you think? I mean, how many have you seen? Or are they really expensive? Are there that many people looking for them? Or I'm sure there's probably more of them around in Germany. It's probably one of those things where if you start looking in the comic realm, um, you may have a little better luck with them, even in the Star Wars one. Um, they're around. The sealed examples still in the poly bag are tough. And um, as far as the loose ones go, there's also a cardboard insert that has um, like a punch-out stage, and it also has punch-outs of the kangaroo and the mouse and the turtle guy. So huh. that, that's kind of tough to find that one. I do have one that um, has that included with it. But um, huh. do, do you? I mean, do you happen to know off the top of your head what like the ballpark or what those go for? Like a sealed YPS would go for? It's been a while since I looked at prices. Um, yeah, God, maybe. 500 or so, I, I would guess. That might okay. even be low. Yeah, well, the good thing is someone will say, 500, are you crazy? You can't get one for under 900 or for, you know, more than 200. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, maybe good. I should say 500 to 1,000 to give myself a cushion there. Exactly, there you go, 500 to 1,000. <laughs> yeah, but it, um, it, has, it has a picture on the back cover of the Snowtrooper figure, and it, it does show the Kenner gun. Right. Um, and then the page opposing the comic that I was telling you about that has um, some imagery from Star Wars and from Empire and it actually shows snowtroopers instead of or uh, shows stormtroopers instead of snowtroopers which is equally strange that's funny well awesome one dollar flicks market watch Oh man! Well, uh, what do you say we we keep the uh, keep the the snowtrooper goodness going with uh, a Brisbane Brisbane Mike uh, snowtrooper talk, huh? Yeah, we got some uh, good stuff from uh, from Mike this time. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. Um, so his debut card back uh, was the thirty one back much like the lies other characters and it seems as though if so if you wanted to get a high graded debut card uh, it went for around seven hundred dollars about seven hundred bucks man but that's an afa 85 right right so if all you care about is having a an offerless stormtrooper in a fairly good condition you can get one for 250 that's yeah which to be honest it that seems pretty high but the character, the toy, is it's, so cool. Yeah, it is one of those that it's it's like the stormtrooper, the biker scout. I, I think, especially to me, I feel like over time this is going to be one of those ones where it just gets higher. Yeah, because it's and beaming pilot and Chewbacca. Um, <laughs> Chewbacca, you got a, a fighting chance, I'd say. <laughs> hey man, eleven hundred dollars. I know. I 
the thought crossed my mind. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so th- this, it's a really, uh, yeah, it's just a nice card back. And I like how it's red to yeah. match the uh, the Stormtrooper yep. is red as well. But the Biker Scout is green. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so, yeah, that that would give it its explanation for why it's so much higher than other 31 back uh, characters. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, ooh, I like how he gives a summary here. Yeah, he's gi- he gives a good rundown when at the head of the article. Yeah, that makes it easier for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see if we kind of go down the 41 back. So you can – it looks like you could get another ungraded a 41 – so you with the the offer for one hundred and sixty three dollars, um, but they seem to be pretty consistently around two hundred and fifty bucks though. Yeah, for for good conditioned, uh, ungraded, Hoth stormtroopers. Yeah, um, on Empire cards, which that does seem a lot, Steve. Right? Yeah, but uh, I mean, it seems like everything is seeming like a lot now. <laughs> that's yeah. like that's the the underlying theme of the market watch these days, which which is good and bad. I think. I mean, it just depends on which which way you're looking at it. Yeah. Um, well, it's good for us because it's more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, and let's see, Steve. You want to handle the Jedi ones? Yeah. Okay. So if you get down to let's see, Jedi. We go down here. Um, there's a 77 ungraded one for 91, and that one actually looks pretty nice. I mean, the, the bubble's fairly clear, and it's still got the punch in there. Um, so, I mean, not not terrible. 91 bucks. Um, like, looks like that's the only Jedi one pictured here. Um, yeah, well, that's one thing I talked about with Mike Mensinger is the Hoth Stormtrooper 65 back. Oh, that's right. Isn't that a, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those weirdly tough carded yeah. figures. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then what I love is he also included some stuff about play sets and mini rigs. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we have the Imperial Attack Base, which you got you got a few uh, storm, er, snow troopers in there. Um, this is a graded one that was an AFA 75, and that one sold for 228. Um, it's just this playset in general always just seemed kind of funny to me because I always thought like why why would these guys necessarily need to entrench themselves when they've got these machines <laughs> that just stomp on the other All right. the trenches? But I guess you have to. It's it's funny. It almost feel like this playset would be better suited for the the rebel soldiers, right? I mean, I guess it just you have to have something for both sides if you really want to want to play with them. But um, yeah, and that's a cool. Wait, set. wait a minute, Steve. Yeah. So. This is where my lack of knowledge of Star Wars toys is going to be oh, amusing. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I've never tried to buy an Imperial attack base. I've never paid any attention to them whatsoever. <laughs> this is good. This is good. I've never realized that's not for real. stupidity. Because I've played with them my whole life. Yeah. And, like, my nephews, whenever they come to play with Star Wars toys yeah. in my yeah, parents' that's, house. That's your, is that your Rebel Trench, basically? No, but that's the one they always go to. Right, Like, right. that's the, I would say the number one go-to toy is a incomplete, everything busted, nothing works, totally yellowed Imperial attack base for Hoth. Yep. Even when it's sunny out, like, that toy, for some reason, really connects with kids. Yeah, no, you're right. And I've always known that it's called the Imperial Attack Base, but I've never actually thought, oh, wait, that's not where the Rebels hang out. Because I always put the Rebels in there, and, and <laughs> yeah. I, they always did, too. Oh, that's, well, that's funny. funny. Yeah. But uh, there's no Rebel Attack Base. No, no. You got the, the 
the one with the laser cannon and as its foil, I guess. But it just it seems funny um, to me, yeah, that the trench toy doesn't feature the, the rebel soldiers because that that's that's what I would have thought, and that's what I did think. The same thing when I first saw one of these as a kid, I thought that's got to be where the, the soldiers go, the rebel soldiers go, not the the stormtroopers. Yeah. But. That's um, funny. That's not really me being stupid as much as it is me just not thinking about it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, and that's, you know, 220... It's interesting with these, the, the display sets and stuff. Yeah, like the, yeah. Is that in some ways you can look at it and say, wow, 228 bucks is a lot. Yeah. But it's in the acrylic case, and so you say, oh, that's lame. It's AFA graded. But, I mean, the artwork is so large on these yeah. that I could easily see you buying one of these and, and you know putting hooks on it and hanging it up on your wall and really just having a really sweet just you know pop art display thing up on yeah. your wall. Yeah. Especially all the Hoth artwork. It's so nice. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, and actually, it looks like we got another one of these for a better deal, and it's the Canadian version for 175 Um <laughs> and Mike, Mike, I think you need, you need to read this, Mike. Mike oh, uh, I, oh, I have yes. Yeah, okay, saying good. that it's just for me, so I can uh, uh, pronounce Imperial Attack Base in French. Yep, let's hear it. Uh, and so I can drool and wish I uh, bought it, which is true because <laughs> who does not want a base d'attaque imperiale? <laughs> Ooh, that is uh, that is beautiful. Yeah. Especially anything Hoth and Canadian. That's just yep. nice. Yeah, you're. Yeah, it's it's that that double. Double win there, 175 bucks too. So, yeah. yeah, I did. Congratulations, Mike. I wish I bought it, and I had fun pronouncing it in French. Yep. You listen to the show, and <laughs> you've been rewarded by having. A, you see, I I tried on the opening intro, Steve, to have like a little clip from the commercials for everybody. Yeah. So you know, me it was you know Chewbacca's been hurt. Chewbacca's hurt. And for you, it was B-Wing action. B-Wing pilot action. Uh, but for them, I tried to do something a little bit funny. <laughs> so for the from the Luke Bespin uh, commercial, it's Yoda saying, you know, Luke handles his lightsaber very well. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and for, um, for Fantastic Pete, it's uh, Boba Fett has a, has a see-through helmet. <laughs> yeah, because from the 12 inch, so I, I tried to be a little bit funny like that. Awesome. Um, man, I, man, I cannot wait to hear this thing. It's, yeah, yeah, man. no, it's it's yeah. pretty good. Um, and then yet another mini rig. Yep, see, he's got all the all the love with, with photo, art, or photo art on these toys. Um, so we've got the INT4, uh, which looks like he's doing some, some roof maintenance. Uh, yes. <laughs> something like that, I don't really know. Maybe he's just letting them out. It's, it's a... <laughs> Uh, anyway, one of these sold for $40.50 ungraded. Um, it's got a, a the dollar rebate offer, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice nice shape mini rig. I used to have a lot of these boxed mini rigs, and I, I'm really sad that I don't anymore. And I get I, and when I see one of these, I'm like, man, <laughs> if only I had the room. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I need, I need to do some serious... You, 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 know, you're, you have some lacking... I have some lack of yeah. knowledge because we were yeah. talking to John Alvarez about how all you have to do to get respect in this hobby is do the research and do the work. And I don't even know the difference between a PDT-8 and an NTV-7. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I know the VME pretty well because Chewbacca's on it. But, uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I think that should be my my project for next year is to is to get a mini rig collection going. There you go. Because um, they really are, as far as toys go, some of the really most special things. Yeah. Um, just because you can really see Kenner just getting a chance to do toy stuff, which yeah, actually, absolutely. Steve ties in again with the weird Kenner Batman thing. Yeah. You know where where sometimes the toy companies were restrained by their source material. And then when you let them do whatever they want, it's this explosion of creativity. Yep. <laughs> and actually, this offer on this card back, it's the same color scheme as the Forlom. Right, right. Um, so it must have been at the same time, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, that, that would make sense to me. I think the INT4 was released after the first wave of mini rigs. I, I can't remember. Um, but it feels like a later one to me, like a little more intricate. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's just, it has to be because you have the... Um, the Adat commander on there, and he was one of the later Empire figures. Right. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, that's awesome. Okay, I'm going to teach myself about mini rigs this year. All right, that's, that's on your... I, uh, I, I will no longer be surprised. I will earn John Alvarez's admiration. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, man. Yeah, that was a, that was a, a really nice, because we missed him last month. Yeah, um, yeah, so uh, thanks, thanks again, Mike, for... For getting it in there, and it's funny you you really you like tried hard to get it in earlier. Here we are recording on on the thirtieth. On the thirtieth, like, eh, it's no. actually funny. I'm looking at the clock and I'm like realizing we have twenty eight minutes before it turns August. Yep. No, I no, don't no, think. No, 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 no. We got another day. July thirty first is 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 a thing, isn't it? Oh my goodness! There is July thirty first. Come on, the whole day, man. You could you could bang this this thing out, right? <laughs> I I could. No, no, I, no don't I don't could. do that to yourself. No, we'll see. We'll see. I may. I have to go to the gym tomorrow. That's my only real thing. Uh, you know, trying to be healthy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, 2G2. Oh, uh, man. <laughs> actually, now I really Are you, you going to like play that into your ears at night? Like, like the whole psychological, like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to have to. I mean, I was, yeah. That I'll could do other. To. That could do more damage than, than the smoking itself, actually, Scott. It could. Yeah, yeah. I could have just listen. Do you really think I don't have a heart? Start over again. And when that starts to blend with your reality, we're we're really in trouble. Yep. Uh, and then we got uh, Fratastic Pete's yes super special oh, July man. market watch. This this one is. I mean, we. I, I'm sorry, Pete. We we kind of we got a backlog with you. We we didn't get June in. We used May for last month, but but this this totally I think makes up for it. Um. So yeah, we, we got to get into to the Pete report here. All right, go for it. All right, so the first section that Pete goes through is some crazy twelve back au- auctions, which which seems like something we say every month, but this it just goes to show uh, it, it is crazy. Um, the first one, it's a, a twelve back double telescoping Vader, which is you know I guess the, one of the rarer figures to find on card, um, and this one went for about thirty thousand dollars. And I'm just like, ah! <laughs> I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing in its in its history, but man, it is it's thirty grand. Oh wait a minute! I didn't see that nine on there. I thought it was t- t- three thousand dollars. I'm like, no, that's actually not that expensive. No, 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 no. There, there's an extra couple nines. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, that's it's ugh, it's insane. Um, but yeah, there you go, and it's gorgeous looking. It's it's even for an AFA seventy. It's like it's ah, I don't know. I'm speechless. Yeah, that's yeah. uh. I mean, you. D- I'm pretty sure you could. Yeah, 
that's I, I definitely have not spent nearly that much on my entire collection. No. I mean, by far. That's yeah. Creepy. Yeah, isn't that <laughs> isn't that insane when you think of it in those terms? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's actually funny. I was, at, I was at a dinner party, and uh, someone like directly asked me, "How much is your collection worth?" Like, yeah. Ah. Uh, depends who I sold it to. Depends. Yeah. Like, yeah. See, it's true. You, you can't just answer that in a straight way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I really can't. And, and like, I had to say this weird pretentious thing. It's like there's a couple items in my collection that could be worth thousands of dollars more depending on what time i sell it you know what i mean like it's, <laughs> yeah 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 um i didn't answer that question um but <laughs> it was awkward yeah no I, I luckily i haven't been asked that um people yeah. have asked me like what's the most valuable i just go and i flip it and say well, this is the most historically significant <laughs> i right. just flip it that way I, and then you show them the finger <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other side of steve Oh yeah, the, the angry uh, fanboy. Right. See, you got the fanboy, but you haven't got the the angry side yet. No. Nope. Uh, uh. All right, and then there's a, a double telescoping Luke, yep. which only went for twelve thousand dollars. Thousand, yeah. Twelve thousand six hundred. And uh, he says it's only one of three to to receive an AFA ninety. Um, so I mean, it's funny. Like last month, I, or a couple months ago, there was one that was an AFA eighty five that sold for thirteen. Uh, five, so go figure. Um, but that was through best offer, so I guess you don't really know. Um, but yeah, it's just there you go. It's another classic piece for <laughs> double digit K's. <laughs> yeah, and oh my god, an AFA ninety. Okay, there's three AFA ninety twelve backs. Yep, after after this one, yeah. Um, what, what's your what's your thoughts on this Chewy Sky? Uh, okay, so an AFA 90, yeah, I mean, that's, that seems like it's paying for a grade and yeah. not, not paying for a condition. Yeah, so it was 9,077. Yeah, yeah, yeah 9,000. You could definitely buy my entire carded figure on. You could have bought my entire carded figure on for that much money. Man. Um... And I can tell you, it's a lot more fun having all those than it is having this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and no, I, I can, I can imagine. Um, but it may be easier to sell this in five years than it would be to sell all those. Yeah. Um, so you also have a three PO that was an AFA ninety that was uh, about twenty seven hundred, which you know, by comparison to these others, is a is a bargain, I guess. Um, <laughs> uh, and then a Han for for twenty six. So yeah, it's it's just. I think it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, and I guess it's that Chewbacca is harder to find in higher condition. Yeah, okay. So actually, this raises an interesting question because, you know, uh, at Celebration 6, whenever that was, yeah. you know, I, I, got, I got the Kellerman Chewbacca. Um, right, Remember, right. we talked about that, right? Yeah. So, I, yeah, I was, uh, he was very kind to have me go on a payment plan, and a payment plan with me is more like, oh, man, I got to pay him. Um, not so much I didn't have the money, but I was just bad at getting it to him. So I've, I finally paid him, and I got it in the mail. And it's, I mean, I haven't gotten, like, a carded figure in a long time. Yeah. You know, because most of what I get now is, like, some weird, you know, artwork thing over here. You know, like, just because 
most of that stuff I've, I have that I want. Yeah, right. But, oh, it was exciting, man. I just, like, yeah. held on to it. I just, like, stared at it for days. You know, I would, like, <laughs> I would open up Kellerman because the reason I like it so much is it's the carded figure that Kellerman uses as a template for how to use his book. Ah, so, so it's even, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's in, like, four or five different pages. Or, yeah. But it's really cool because it's, like, the, when 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 I say, you know, the price sticker area, that's what this is. When I say the logo, that's this. And then, and it just happens to be a really nice condition card. And I think I said this before, you know, I saw it and I thought, wow, someday I want to own a Chewbacca with the Boba Fett, you know, offer on the back yeah. that is this nice. Yeah. And he started selling off his collection, um, in 2005, was it, Steve? Uh, thereabouts, yeah. Maybe in the year after that. It was maybe something like five, six, Somewhere, eight, seven somewhere around ago. there. Yeah. And he sold it through Cloud City Collectibles, which used to be a, a huge online toy store that's now a part of Brian's Toys or something. I don't know what. Um, and I specifically asked, do you have this one figure? And he said, oh, I'm not selling that. I, I want to hold on to the, the ones that really mean something to me that came from the book. Yeah. So anyway, so I got it and, and I was really excited to get it. I had AFA'd, much like Jeff, uh, and where it says what page it was used and it has all of his handwritten notes and it's really cool. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just super happy to have it. But I have to admit, Steve, <laughs> it got an 85. Oh, man. And I hate it. I wish it got an 80. <laughs> because, because it got an 85, I realize, oh, boy, I could pay for that figure plus the clipper that I got you know, at the same time and probably a couple hundred more. <laughs> because it's an 85 and it's yeah. in such good condition. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm going to sell it, but it's weird. I don't think I've ever actually had a figure, you know, where I bought it and then had it graded and have it come back so, you know, desirable. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that actually raises another question, which is, has anyone ever seen a 20 back C Chewbacca besides this? Hmm. I haven't. The one that I had before, the sticker, uh, air quotes, fell off. Uh, uh, and then when I discovered the residue, I contacted the noted Swedish scammer who did it. Not Matthias, a different guy. <laughs> um, and uh, he sent me the sticker afterwards. Mm. So I'm just curious because it's the only one I've ever seen. And yeah. I, but I haven't been looking that intensively. Um, yeah. So yeah. So what do I do, Steve? Do I sell it or do I keep uh, it? I think yeah, oh, keep it. <laughs> yeah, I got I got to keep uh, it because yeah. the, the Kellerman connection. No, but. that's that's just too too good of a story. Yeah, it's too good of a story. But it was just so far. I was like eighty five. See, oh, whenever, whenever the museum expands into a, a a large facility, you can dedicate a whole little case to that. That's true. Yep. Yeah. And I you, can. you need you need the the stuff to go on the little placards, and that's that's placard material right there. It absolutely is. Thank you, Steve, for helping me. Regain my focus. All right. <laughs> Speaking of regaining our focus. Yes. <laughs> no, um, uh, moving on with, with Pete's stuff, we, we've got some of those. I, these, it's the thing I've never given much thought. It's those Force lightsabers. The, oh, yeah. He's got uh, one auction that sold a red and a yellow one for 150 And I have no idea if that's, if that's you know, a good price or not. I, I've never looked into these. But um, 
it's just cool to see, and he makes note of it, you don't see him all that much in good condition, loose or packaged. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, have you ever have you ever played one of these before or held one? Uh, I have. Uh, okay. Ron Salvatore at his collection, which I've dubbed Ronderlay. Nice. Um because, uh, you know, you're a film buff, so you may appreciate that. <laughs> um, he has, like, a whole bunch of these, and he has the display stand and everything. Oh, and it's, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, that's an area I've often thought about. Just, yeah. I think almost as much as Darth Vader, if you decided to just collect every version of a lightsaber there is, you'd yeah. never, ever stop. Oh, no. Because of all the bootlegs. Right. That, that would be quite a, a focus, is just lightsabers. Man, that's crazy. Yeah, imagine if just right now, Steve, you know, this is going to be an open challenge to any space freak out there. Start a lightsaber collection. Every time you go to the July 4th and there's a little rinky-dink fake lightsaber being sold, you have to buy, you know, if you don't have one, you know. You have to go to Chinatown and get each one of the Galaxy Force lightsabers. You have to track down Joe Iglesias and figure out which ones you don't have. You have to get all of these... You know, ESB ones, all the licensed ones, all the Japanese ones. You'd have quite a, and I, I'm saying not, you know, Art FX or whatever the right prop right. replica stuff. No, no, just the, this the, stuff. The, the toy lightsabers. Yeah. Uh, yep. And that would be something. Think anyone's going to answer the call, Steve? I don't know. I mean, to me, I'm thinking like a, a baseball bat collection. <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. That with, <laughs> with these funky lightsabers, that could be pretty sweet. That would be sweet, actually, to get, to have a, a a vintage Star Wars lightsaber signed by the cast. Oh, nice! Yeah, you know, have it be like a baseball bat collection. Yeah, you know? yeah. I'm also picturing like a, a James Bond behind a hidden wall that opens up. You have all your right. your, your Force <laughs> lightsabers. Um, yeah. <laughs> not quite an, an armory, but uh, something like that. Yep. So you oh. could get a red and a yellow for 150 bucks. Yep, those are loose. And then you can also get these. There was a couple of packaged Jedi ones, a uh, green and a red, that sold for about 150 bucks each. So you can get a packaged one for for about 150. And man, have you looked at the kid on these boxes? <laughs> no, no, this oh, is a new one. Yeah, you got to open up these auctions. Look at this. This kid. I don't know if that's really the way you're supposed to to use a lightsaber. He doesn't look quite. He looks maybe too focused. <laughs> yeah, he does, and the they got the great force. Light. So yeah, I mean it's it's a cool set of, of lightsabers, something that that I I guess you kind of consider an unloved area because I definitely I, mean, I hadn't thought about them. Um, but yeah, they're they're, you know, they're I, neat. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that Pete deserves kudos for showing the crazy expensive thirty grand for a figure, and then also one hundred and fifty for just other cool Star Wars stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we got a couple more. He does a little roundup. We'll, we'll get through these pretty quick. Um, there was, a, you know, Pete, he, he confesses he's quite into the, the three packs. And there was a villain set that sold for, that's a Star Wars one with uh, Stormtrooper Vader and, and Death Squad Commander that sold for $3,700. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's, it, apparently, you know, this is not a, a bad price for one of these compared to some of the ones we've seen. Um, so that's a cool piece. I mean, it's, you can't deny these things. Um, no. Um, and then another, oh man, these are just great. It's the ESB six pack, the red version, which is the, the rarer one. Um, and this one's in, in nice shape. Uh, it sold for about 2,200. Um, and I mean, man, if you think about six packs, it's, it's, ah, that's good. It's all the Hoth. You can have a good Hoth hangout with this. Yeah. 
Uh, and there, and there's an, a Hoth Stormtrooper. Yep, got the Hoth Stormtrooper in there, so it, it fits right in with, with the rest. Um, and lastly, this is his crazy auction of the month, which I, I wonder what, what Mike Brisbane Mike's take on this is. It's a, a Luke Bespin, with the, the walking photo, that was an AFA 85 that sold for $1,200. Um, and I, Pete makes a really great point that you know a couple months ago, uh, I think earlier this year there was a C8, you know, a good condition one where you're selling for two to three fifty, and then graded ones selling for three to five hundred bucks. Um, just last year, so it's it's just to see it go crazy like this. It's yeah, it is what it is. Right. Wow. That that's pretty crazy. So this is really watching the market because yeah, I have no, amazingly bad memory when it comes Yo, to market me watch. Too. No, it, it's, it's always like. That's the other service that that Brisbane Brisbane and Fantastic provide is they remember what they posted. Oh yeah, I don't like. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. It's twelve hundred because before it was more. No, no, before it was less. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, you're having it's... like a three hundred percent rise on high graded, important figures in Star Wars. It seems. Yeah. No, it's it's the the way things are going and continue to go. So yeah, uh, but yeah, I great. Great job as always, guys. Thanks again for, for, for one, getting it to us way early, um, and for, for getting great stuff. So yeah, as always, thank you. All right. Well, I think that just leaves us to our surprisingly long feedback, Steve. Yeah, I'm, I'm, man, I couldn't believe how much good feedback we got. All right. Let's hit it. It's two hours and 22 minutes later in your life, and it's time for Feedback on the Kivecast. Feedback on the Kivecast. Yep, a lot of good feedback, Steve. As we will discover, part of that's because Gmail, I don't know what it's done. It's done Uh this weird thing of like, I don't, it's sort of like, I wasn't getting all these messages. Or I didn't see them. I don't know what happened, but there's a bunch of old messages we're talking about, too. Yeah. Um, but, Steve, you run our Facebook page. Why do we have so many likes all of a sudden? I, I don't know if it's just a thing that Facebook is really starting to, to become a, a true amoeba of, of social media or whatever. To become a, a true amoeba of, of social media or whatever. Um, I definitely... I think I think it's just an improvement of the system because the stuff I'm posting it's telling me it's reached 175 people and that's within a couple hours. I'm like, oh, so people are seeing it, and finally, I think more people are are actually just pressing the like button. It's not they didn't like it; they just didn't had never pressed the the button before. And uh, there, there's got to be now. some kind of algorithm yeah, deal no, the, going on because like we didn't get any likes for a year. And then it's yeah. like every time I check my thing, it's like this dude likes it. This dude yeah. likes it. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely becoming more active, and I'm doing my best to to keep it that way. Um, I did finally, I finally put up the gallery of all the unloved and unnatural items that we've talked about, and that was just a blast to go backtrack and try and figure out what went where. And I think there's a couple holes here and there, so if anyone notices something that that's missing, just let me know. But uh, no, it's it's uh, it had to be there, and. Um, so yeah, finally now I'll be I'll be up to date and getting all those main features put up there just as we do it. Um, but yeah, um, it's it's great. I try and, and comment and, and reply as best I can. And I've noticed you, Sky, even you got on there and, and replied to a few things. That's good. Yeah, yeah. And also, I I really like that people are doing that. I think people should continue to like. 
Um, and, and comment. Yeah, make your be sure to post too. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. That, that's true. It's the whole. There's the like thing, and then there's you know saying something that that you know say what you think about it. It's a, the other side of Facebook that I'm hoping keeps going. And the other thing I want to say too is at some point, Steve, we are going to randomly choose someone from our customer rating reviews on mm-hmm. iTunes, and we're going to send them a gift. Oh, cool. All right. Um, I don't know if we're going to do that within the next month, but uh, I, I think people should be doing that. Um, yeah. Because I've heard other podcasts that do that. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a good review. We'll just kind of go there. But I think the last time anyone reviewed our show was like in 2012. Okay. So, you know, just hop on there, say what you think, um, because that really helps our visibility in yeah. the podcast world. Absolutely. Um, got a fair amount more re- response on Rebel Scum than we did before, so I guess people liked yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I just, I love it when people say they listen to the show while mowing the lawn. So Redding, yeah, Redding Red 5 said that. Yep, that's, and, a, that's a California club member. And I, I appreciate that. Um, yeah. People seem to love the Man of Steel story. Oh <laughs> so, my god! Oh. <laughs> I'm glad I told that. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't think you don't that, regret it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't regret it. I know that my daughter beating my son at Tekken uh, is maybe not quite as conversation inciting, but uh, uh, should hopefully provide some interest. Yeah. Um, let's see. Someone provided a nice link to Dave Fox's collection because uh, we mentioned it a little bit uh, about yeah. the, the unproduced micro stuff. So we'll, right. pr- we'll provide a link for that. Um, it was really cool. Uh, a listener of ours, I, I forget his real name, the CC4RHU. Oh, yeah. Is that uh-huh. supposed to s- spell something in like lead speak? Is it like, <laughs> like, if it's backwards, is it like N-Y-A-D? Anyways, uh, he actually listened to the show on the Isle of Skye. Ah, there you go. Which is really cool. I, I did go to the Isle of Skye, which is funny because that's when I told the "Hey McLeod, get off my you" joke. <laughs> right. Um, right. <laughs> which uh, actually I realized is is my favorite joke, but it's not the funniest thing in the world, Steve. Do you know what the funniest thing in the world is? <laughs> Have I told I you know. this yet? I don't. Maybe. Maybe not. Let's, the thing let's that test it. that makes people laugh every time they hear it. What's that? It's a true story. It's about Lobart. Okay. When he was in high school, he bought a camouflage wallet, and he lost it in the woods. Every it's like a Mitch Hedberg joke. It's so yeah, funny. That, like, that really is. Yeah. But it actually happened. He lost, and he doesn't even remember telling me this story. But <laughs> I bought a camouflage wallet and lost it in the woods. Uh, um, so that's my that's my favorite thing, favorite funny thing of all time. Nice. Um, but anyways, yeah. So I, that's cool. He listened to it in the Isle of Sky. Um, there's of course there is an Isle of Steve, isn't there? I don't know. Probably. Yeah, it's called Earth. Um, <laughs> Jared stepped it up with his uh, Digby wing pilot. Although he'll yeah. now have to work on. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Was it Digs Bark? Lighter, yep that that was what what spawned it. <laughs> yep, um, is that an actual picture of Digby? Yeah, that's Digby. Um, How did you get a picture of your dog? I think I think on Facebook probably. Um, then, I, I, that's, then that's the greatest thing ever, Steve. Yeah, no, no, that that is Digby, and uh, <laughs> he's uh, serving proudly. <laughs> wow, my dog's name is Bo. 
So, what can we do that's funny with Bo? Mm. Not much. We'll have to think about that. Um, but yeah, good. And now he can work on making Dick's <laughs> Um And Christian Agulius, once again, proving his role as the messiah of the podcast. Yep. He, he just posted something where he just kind of gave this feedback. And it was just perfect, just as, you know... Uh, saying that she di- he did like the chicken nugget drop, which is yeah. good, uh, and the Mr. T drops, um, because people <laughs> did miss the Mr. T drops. Yeah, no, he that says, was, uh... <laughs> he likes it when I don't know things, which is good and very helpful. And uh, anyways, I, I like that. And he suggests that we talk to Alex when we get to 2 right. MB. And right. we definitely and I, I, will. Yeah. Did he, did he email you? He had emailed me. That was something I meant to, to mention in the feedback. And he's definitely on for, for 2-1-B as the second opinion. No, he's he's never... Uh, no. Okay. He, he did email me, uh, I think it was like last week, and he said he'd listen to it. And, uh, <laughs> he's, uh, he was a little, little upset, but then I, I said, no, Ann, we, we, we intended to have you on, and you were, you were on for, for 2-1-B. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I definitely sent him an email... You know, at some point, finding you know, not it wasn't it wasn't the last day of the month, whatever. It was no, like, it was it was like with like four or five days leeway. But yeah, we'll, we'll, but we'll get him on. Any, in any case, we're going to have him on. So yes, problem solved. Um, and uh, then so then we found all these old messages from Gmail. And uh, <laughs> oh, this, these are my favorite right here. Well, you know, Martin Thurn. Uh, I don't think we ever actually had him on the show. No, but I think we need to. We really need to because yeah. he came out with the, the the zine that was sort of like what the Kivecast is trying to be, but in printed form, you know, right. about Star Wars collecting, and uh, you know, super knowledgeable guy, and he runs the, the the DC Star Wars Collectors Club. We've talked to him a bunch, and he's great because he gives very firm feedback. You know, he doesn't yes. he doesn't mince words. But he does it in a way that's, I think, very useful. Because, yeah. Um, so yeah, so you can read what he said about thirty nine. All right. So uh, episode thirty nine. Now I'm trying to remember which one was thirty nine. Um, but he says, "I'm quite disappointed that you disturbed the character by character order of episodes. It was a great concept and no good reason to interrupt it." In his uh, opinion. Aha! Uh-huh, but you're wrong. One? The good reason for us interrupting it was we made a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one was thirty nine? Is this where we, we lost track of where we are? Yeah, in the, yeah, in we the jumped line? we jumped up to Lando by mistake. Oh, okay. Got so there, there was the good reason was I misread Kellerman. <laughs> we just messed up. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and then uh, l- later on in the in the message, it's, it's definitely Nian Num, not Nine Num. And mm-hmm. uh, Sky, he, he just warns you to not to pronounce Lily Letty as Lily Lady. Um, Lily Lady. What's that song? Because <laughs> you're my lady. Okay. Um, and he also, he's a, a supporter of the name The Kive Cast. Uh, one important reason, which it's just bringing up Google again and how powerful and, and controlling it is of our lives, is, uh, you know, if you search for The Kive Cast, what do you see? And if you Google Vintage Pod, WTF is all that. And, yeah. uh, and, and I, I need to look that up to see what all of that is. But uh, it's a good point, nonetheless. Yep. Um, the Space the Freaks have spoken. It's still they, a Kivecast. It's still a Kivecast. So that's fine. Um, and <laughs> also talked about being too tired to record. And, <laughs> well, did you ever consider that two hours is way too long for a podcast? 
and congratulations on, on fixing the audio. My ears, thank you. Yeah, so, two um, hours is too long for a podcast. It's, but that's it's, how long the Kivecast is. Yep, it's, it's got to be, just think about it in, in chunks. It's episodic yep. within itself. Um, yep. Listen to it a half an hour a week, and there you go. It, it can last you the month. It, it, pro- it solves the problem of not having to do a weekly show. If you yep. just uh, break it up a bit. Then he mentions um, the first 10 minutes of the show was out of sync. Oh, okay, so this was for last month. I, yeah. I noticed this when I listened. I, I hope it's not my fault for my terrible internet connection. No, no. Uh, that's So you know how the audio is better when it's just you and me? Yeah. That's because I learned how to split tracks. Ah, okay. But what must have happened was when I split the tracks, I must have accidentally sh- like nudged Shifted it the timeline. a little bit. Okay. So that yeah. sounds really annoying. I haven't, I haven't heard it. Was it really annoying? It threw me off, and I was scared. I, I was hoping that it wasn't my fault. Um, but luckily, it didn't last the whole episode. It seemed to, to fix itself. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, thanks for pointing it out. And ho- hopefully, um, yeah, hopefully that won't be a problem going forward. Right. Um, yeah. And then uh, he says, I suppose <laughs> it was worth trying. But unfortunately, <laughs> Kenner Theater should just go away. <laughs> and that's just that's solely on me. I will take that. <laughs> I, I brought the whole production down, so no, sorry, Mark. I, I'm not sure it was a good idea. Um, <laughs> asking if he should send us every month saying that Poppy is pronounced Poppy. Just think <laughs> of the famous macabre poet, number one. <laughs> oh, number one. Okay, so Poppy's. Edgar Allan Poppy's. Yeah, oh. there you go. Um... Oh, he also points out that the, the set of 12 of those uh, was, was not ever shrink-wrapped in one huge set. It was a trick of the uh, the arrangement in the photo. So that's that's interesting, a good clarification. Okay. And then Uzai is pronounced Uzai. There you go. Um, so this is cool because you can imagine that um, that the, the, the Blue Stars actually just has conjunctivitis. Yeah. So he he's got the yellow eyes. It's oozing out of his eyes. You know that little <laughs> that yellow discharge. There you go. So he's oh, ooze. Man. He's ooze eye. There you go. Um, now how he got conjunctivitis is a whole different story. Uh, that's yeah. Um, another time. Another time. And then what I love is he says I love the haiku, <laughs> but the way that he says it is also in a way of correcting because yep. he says that's plural. The plural form of haiku <laughs> is haiku. Yep. So <laughs> I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really appreciate all those comments. And yeah. Thanks. Thanks for writing. Martin, as someone that, that teaches language, I appreciate all. I believe that all nits should be picked, um, because if you don't pay attention to details, then everything else will just eventually fall apart. Yep. I found myself, Steve. I've started correcting my kids when they say, when they use "good" as an adverb. I oh. can't. Yep. I, I can't take it. I used to be able to just be relaxed with it, but I can't anymore. I can't yep. stand it when people use good as an adverb. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Uh, and see. Then we, we got a lot of other good listener mail, looks like. Yeah, um, we did. I mean, we don't necessarily have to go through all of it. Um, yeah, we do some I highlights. Just, but... uh, another, uh, a guy named Pete said that uh, he found us through Rebel Force Radio, through seeing yeah. that we had Jimmy Mack and Kyle on. So that's yep. really good because not only was I super happy to talk to them, as you could tell by hearing my excitement, um, you know, just saying that it's helped him get back into vintage and uh, kind of connecting, and that he's been sort of going back and listening to all of them. So yeah, as- it's funny that he mentioned he bought something for me years back, and 
I remember selling some stuff to a Pete, and I'm one. I it's just I gotta know what his uh, Rebel Scum handle was because um, oh, awesome. it'll all come back. But that that's just that just made me crack up. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else do we got? Yeah, so um, and it's funny. His name is Pete, and he says, "Not frat boy." Not, not frat boy. I so lived in an apartment during college, <laughs> so he, so he can be Sage Pete. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, um, let's see. We got a message from uh, John um, from the Great White Norths. So we uh, another uh, Canadian fan. Um, he's uh, he calls himself a, a, a recollector, um, and that's it's kind of interesting. And it seems like that happens to a lot of people. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> and, and he sort of wanted to, uh, to sort of tell a story, right? Yeah. And, you know, he sort of tells a story about his collecting and sort of having to sell things off and buy them again. But then talks about a, a bachelor party, um, where he got to go to Skywalker ranch and that's, now that that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'm, I'm not really into, uh, despite my recent recidivism into, uh, tobacco ingestion, I'm not much of a party animal, uh, so <laughs> for my bachelor party, we went to a go kart track. <laughs> so uh, I love any I love anything that's not strip clubs and uh, cigars. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that that was pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, um, I got kind of a, a frustrating email from me um, from uh, some uh, uh, John. Who talked to, asked for advice on where to go and where to travel because his his brother had actually uh, won a battle with lymphoma, and yeah. uh, I felt really bad that I didn't get. I just don't know where this email was. Maybe it's because yeah. I split them into Vintage Pod and Kivecast, um, and I don't really know where they are. Um, but anyways, so I I sent him an email apologizing there, but uh, I definitely feel bad <laughs> because it's like. Hey, this great thing happened, and I just didn't respond. But I, I honestly didn't see it that time. It was, uh, it was weirdness. Yeah, that's good. Um, um, our tweeter duder, who? Yeah, Trevor. He's he's still he's still on the on the internet. <laughs> yeah, he's still on the internet. Um, he uh, he says he loves the idea of rip off Star Wars movies and yeah. starting to talk about that. So we definitely have to have a Star Crash panel soon. Yeah, uh, we'll have that yeah. with with Tom Quinn, uh, Trevor, and we'll have to figure out who else. Um, that makes me very uncomfortable, Digby. <laughs> He's having a, a fit out there. I can tell. Yeah, he is. <laughs> feel bad for for Tessa. She's just probably wrestling him right now. <laughs> but you see, I totally understand where you're coming from because it would be yeah. nice if he barked lighter. I, I get it. Yeah, you get it now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> it's more my my torture with with the training a dog. But yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, um, and then I guess you know the feedback can also just be send us your stories. Yeah, you know, if, if you want, because we've gotten a lot of that of people who sort of want to tell their vintage story, and yeah. uh, and I think they're fun. I think uh, Mark, um, I don't know if we got his last name. Um, I like how he addressed the the email. Hello, Kivecast. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's cool talking about you know talks a little bit about what he loves, like the unloved item and all that. Yeah. But he also told this cool story. And uh, see, so should we just read it? Yeah, yeah, let's just read it. You want to go for it? Sure. So he said, uh, in the summer of 1978, I lived in Pennsylvania and could not find the Jawa figure at all, even though I, along with my parents, were looking everywhere for it. We took a trip to Wisconsin to visit my extended family, and of course, Star Wars hunting, even while I was six, was a priority. 
<laughs> After looking around a bit in Milwaukee, someone at a store mentioned they thought uh, the drugstore around the corner had the Jawa. We flew over to that store, and I still have the memory of walking in, seeing a bin of figures in the middle of the store, and right there on top were two Jawa figures. Of course, I was buying two even back then, and dream about it to this day. Why didn't I buy all of them and save them? Oh, man. Nice. That's great. I, I that love is that. That's awesome. Yeah. Just the image of, of hunting. I mean... The only thing yeah. we have like that right now is we're trying to track down all the minion figures from Despicable Me 2. Oh, okay. And, yeah. you know, they're they're Happy Meal toys, and so you just yeah. have to go in and just say, do you have the red one and the blue one? Yeah. The ones yep. are, uh, actually, green one. Um, yeah. And the kids are pretty That's, excited. But Yeah, it, it's funny. It reminds me of, like, for me, my equivalent was trying to find an April O'Neil figure from the Teenage Nin- uh, Ninja Turtles. Bottom. Oh, yeah. And, like, we, were, we were on a cross-country trip, and, like, <laughs> we would stop at every Toys R Us, like, do you have April? And and no one ever did until finally, I think it was in Florida, I finally, finally found one. So that, it's just, it's the same same vibe to it. So it's that's great. That, that's actually a rare figure, isn't it? If I remember I, correctly, I don't know. I, as someone who knows the, the Ninja Turtles well, you know, well, should let me know. But as if so, I'm, I'm even feeling better. Who knows where it is now? That's the sad story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then finally, the lone poster to our uh, actual page. Yeah, the, um, the blog page. Yeah, it was the artist Christian from last month, and said yeah. that in the the tops cards did at least two Wampas, a few Chewies, and a B Wing pilot. Awesome, and uh, so that that's pretty exciting. Talk about the ultimate chase card. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think Man, uh, that's, that's 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 some good stuff. Yeah, a ton of feedback, and it, it it really helps. As we say, you know, it keeps the the sand crawler rolling. Yep. Um, and uh, next month is the Rebel Soldier and crazy super amounts of talking about Celebration Europe. Yeah, I can't wait. It should be good. And, and uh, yeah, like you said, we're going to be recording it very soon. Very soon. And I'll try yeah. and record, I'll try and edit this in one day. We'll, we'll uh, see. Don't, don't kill yourself. Uh, no, I'll, no. I'll, yeah, it's um, all good. But uh, it's everyone's favorite time of the show, Steve. Uh, that's right. And it's, it's uh, <laughs> I guess I feel better about baseball in general, so I'm more excited about it. <laughs> oh, but, yeah, because uh, the Pooigs are doing so well, yeah. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, so where are we at in fantasy? I, I'm, I know I'm still, I can just say without looking that I'm still in last place. I don't um, think you're in last. I, it's it's true. For a, a couple of days, I moved up to 11th, but I, I did check, <laughs> and I'm, I'm back in 12th. Uh, so no, no much, you know, no more needs to be said there. But what about you? Uh, I've been very well ensconced in fifth place. Hey, that's that's right. That's within striking distance, as as I would say. Yeah. Well, I try. I was tired of winning, so I had to hex myself <laughs> with my Babe Ruth, you know, my Yankees related name. And um, it it is funny because uh, Steve, you know about the. Have I told you about the side bet I have with Brock? Right. With Brock. Right. Yeah. Right. So um, I'm such a jerk to him. I can't help it. Because he's a Yankees fan, I'm a Red Sox fan. I always have to antagonize him no matter who's winning. But like <laughs> so I just texted him to be nice because I wanted to yeah. get him an Empire State Yankees hat. Yeah. Um but then I just started trashing the Yankees. Like I just I couldn't help myself. <laughs> he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna go to Louisville to see their triple A team. I'm like Yeah, yeah, he actually mentioned that to yeah. me. He's yeah. like, Isn't the triple A team playing in the Bronx? And you know, I was just like <laughs> I, just, I can't help it. It's, I feel so bad. Uh, but anyways. Uh, that's all right. I'll get to name his team, and then Steve, you're going to get to have final editorial approval. Okay. So if, right. if I'm being too much of a jerk, you can stop me. Okay. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I can't stop myself when it comes to, to Yankees, Red Sox stuff. Reel it in. Reel it Reel in. Reel it in. That's right. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it was a, this is a good episode, man. I, yeah. I feel good about this one. Yeah, it is good. Oh, and actually, you know what else, Steve? Uh, yeah. If you're still listening to this, uh, I I am going to be trying to start a fantasy hockey league with collectors. Oh, cool. So uh, I'll be the commissioner. I've never been the commissioner of anything. If you're interested, let me know. The only caveat is that my buddy Brad has got to be in it because I won't be in a hockey league without my buddy Brad. And he doesn't collect <laughs> Star Wars, but he's a cool it's dude. It's okay. It's all right. So I know you're not interested, but I'll just throw that hey, out there. It'll, it'll, I'll probably somehow win it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So you can contact me, kivecast at gmail.com, if that uh, strikes your fancy. All right. All right, Steve. Well, it is twelve twelve a.m., but you're right. There are thirty one days in July, so this somehow worked out. I didn't. I didn't know that. I'm still in June. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, uh, wampa wampa. Adios. Star Wars early bird certificate packet stores with its colorful Star Wars picture display pack and certificate.